This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, we review the 2014 Indonesian action thriller, The Raid 2, plus new trailer for The Flash is out, The Blade movie gets a rewrite, crazy fantastic forecasting rumors are flying around everywhere, first reactions to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 are out, Sylvester Stallone is rebooting one of his action movies from the 90s, and more all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, May 1st, 2023. <laughs> you know who this is, and you know why you're here. You want all the latest comic book and superhero TV and movie news, and by God, you found it. Forget everything else out there. Forget all the Scientology bullshit. This is the real deal. This is the real deal. Worship at the feet of the holy trio of geekdom. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Play it. Check. What's up, listener? How's it going? Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and the movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the Jock. And he's the Nerd. And joining we'll us... We'll you next time. We will not peep you next oh, time. fuck. Stop trying that. to end the show right as it begins with your Pavlovian. He's pebble. got stuff to do. Your Pavlovian. <laughs> Anthony's got, got a hot list of things to do. Uh, also joining us, uh, this is random. He is the uh, famous disgraced children's television show host, Bobby Bukaki. But we call him Rug Boy. What's up, Rugs? I stopped using that name, Imran. <laughs> Bobby Bukaki. Ever, ever since they threw me in that group with Pee Wee Herman and the guy who used to play Elmo. Yeah, all <laughs> you guys. I don't use that name anymore. You're troublemakers. You may have I noticed. changed my name to Rug Boy, goddammit. I remember when Bobby Bukaki snuck onto Pee Wee's Playhouse in the background. You were dressed as Cherry. It was hilarious. <laughs> sit on me, please. Uh, uh, Trying right. to get people to sit on you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. You wrote Bobby Bukaki, and I came up with a backstory. There's, yeah, if you don't know, when we start the show, we all give ourselves a little name. And they're they're quite hilarious names, and Anthony tries to shove my name with whatever we're talking about, and it's just a little joke that only we see, so I don't know why we're yeah, mentioning it. Yeah, it's a little name in their chat, so yeah. it really, you can't tell, you don't know what, what we're talking about here. It, it might become a thing on the show, you never know. <laughs> Bobby Bukaki live from BukakiCon 2023. All right, enough about Bukaki, everyone. Stop saying Bukaki. Now I can't stop. Anyways, we got a great show planned. I have a great show planned. You can decide for yourself. Uh, I've got another action movie to review and a bunch of geek news that broke this week. Let's get to it. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. As I said last week, there was a thing called CinemaCon in uh, Las Vegas uh, where all the exhibitor exhibitors go, all the theater owners and other critics and the movie theaters come out, and uh, it's becoming becoming to be like another little film festival. They release a lot of things. You get to watch whole movies, and this year, they played the whole entirety of The Flash special presentation, Ezra Miller in The Flash, coming out in June, uh, to the CinemaCon audience. So there's going to be spoilers, there's early reactions, and there's a new trailer, trailer number two. 
Uh, there's actually a couple of new trailers. There's an international trailer with even more footage. But before we get to the reactions, and we'll see if we think the hype is real here. Uh, this Let's talk about this trailer. A lot of fun things. We get a lot more Michael Keaton Batman, which I love. Uh, and what did you guys think? Are we just going to get Michael Keaton doing every line from Batman 89 in this movie? Because because uh, <laughs> I got excited when he goes, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Geek boner. He already did the I'm Batman. And I'm like, oh, you're just going to do all the lines from fucking 80, Batman 89, aren't you? Well, he said that when he was Bruce Wayne. Did he say it when he was? I didn't watch the trailer because I don't want to get uh, spoiled. Oh, Whoa, he didn't watch well, the trailer. Well, no. well, fuck you then. No, he said <laughs> he said it in the back cave. With uh, he's wearing the suit, but not the cowl. Anyways, well, don't ask Rugs his opinion on yeah, this. Yeah, fuck one. off, Rugs. Yeah, uh, uh, I didn't want it. <laughs> I, <laughs> son of a bitch, lame. There's there's some spotty CGI. Okay, but other than that, I thought this was a really good trailer. Had it it was properly cut where it was you got a little bit of the story, you you get the setup, you get that Ezra or um not Ezra, Barry, Barry Allen, Allen Flash, played yeah. by Ezra, uh went back in time and screwed it up things, trying yeah. to save his mom. And you get that, and you get Michael Keaton, and then you get uh Supergirl, Michael Keaton playing Batman, and then you also get Ben Affleck playing Batman, and it's just cut really well. There's yeah. good music. You get all the nostalgia. You get. Um, it looks like there's a lot of action. It looks like it's a. It could be a heartfelt story about uh, Barry Allen trying to save his mom and screwing things up. There's the connection with Michael Keaton or Batman saying that he tried to save his parents. They hit all the emotional beats, and then the end with the all the different logos. It was really well, really well done. I, I was pumped. Yeah, yeah the end where you see the Ben Affleck Batman logo and the '89 Batman logo, and then the Flash logo. No one, the Superman logo. Oh, and the Superman logo. Yeah, and there's that moment in the trailer. Sasha Kelly Supergirl is like, you know what this S means, right? And Barry's like, it means doesn't mean hope. Right. Uh, you see Zod attack the fucking bat plane, and Keaton's Batman's got to jump out. That shit was dope. Uh, and then you see the other bat suit, the other Barry Allen wearing the Batman suit with the ears cut off and just spray painted on top. That's kind of neat too. But yeah, I it got me, it got me geek boner, got me more geek boner than so. If you rugs, you didn't see that trailer. I'm not even gonna bother talking about this international trailer, which has no. has a fun Japanese voiceover dude over it. Uh, and, but some actual dialogue, more dialogue from the movie. Did you watch that one, Anthony? What did you think of that one? Anything? I watched that one. That one um, was not as good as the American trailer, yeah, but yeah. it's different. I won't pretend to have a Japanese sensibility, so they know it what, definitely was yeah. way different. Yeah, well, they know what they got. Different tone. In. Yeah. Uh, but I'm look. This is uh, a lot of people seen this movie. It's not coming out till when June. I said, uh, June? yeah. yeah. Did Anthony, did you guys, any of you guys see the early reactions out of CinemaCon for no, Flash? No, I did not. Well, initially, everybody on Twitter, like your Eric Davis uh, and a couple other people saying, believe the hype, and this is hands down the best uh, superhero movie ever made. Uh, lots Whoa, of Easter eggs. Yes, yes, but, but, but I've also heard... From some people like Jeff Schneider over on the Hot Mike podcast with John Rogan, Jeff Schneider. He said the bit first like half an hour, hour is great. And he said the third act is a mess. Um, and we know a lot of things have been cut 
and changed and cameos were shot and removed as they're trying to figure out. I feel like they're trying to figure out how to end this movie with James Gunn, Peter Saffron rebooting. I'm seeing a much more in these more positive. Yeah. In the one Hollywood reporter article, they do put all the positive things, uh, but calling it madcap and crazy as good as uh, one, one uh, dude said it's back to the future meets Spider-Man. No way home. Uh, That's kind of an interesting mashup. So, Largely people liking it, but I'm I'm definitely going to temper my expectations going into this. I think it looks pretty cool. Pretty good. It does look good, but if I go into it going, everybody says it's the best comic book movie ever, I'm going to be. I know. No, that's automatically. I can't do that. Reasons or raise an eyebrow or two. Yeah. Why start there, right? I'm going to go in thinking it's shit. Uh, But so here's some of the uh, cameos that are confirmed have been cut. Uh, Jason Momoa as Aquaman, Henry Cavill, Gal Gadot uh, were cut. And then he revealed that uh, his four-hour cut, uh, he had a lot more cameos uh, like Linda Carter, Wonder Woman, Marlon Brando's Jor-El from 78 Superman, Burgess Meredith's Penguin, Cesar Romero's Joker from the 60s Batman TV, and apparently even Grant Gustin. Hmm. was in line to cameo at one point which would make sense if they do like they did on the tv show with dick ward walking his dog uh yeah forever when they had everybody i was like holy shit they brought all these people back for a hot second all those were cut uh and uh we'll see i have i think there's Jeff- supposed to be some stuff some more stuff though well, oh oh yes who said somebody just said there's one oh i listened to this other podcast the guy who was at CinemaCon. He said there's one ludicrous cameo in there that everybody just Ludacris started. Ludicrous is in this? Lu- yeah, not Luda. <laughs> Luda. Not a oh. cameo by Ludicrous, but a, a, a Ludicrous as an adjective uh, oh. cameo. Yes. A ridiculous cameo. People were laughing, but they had a lot of fun. So, yeah, no, I see the heart and emotion in this, and the, and the fucking Ben Affleck's Batman looks cool. Uh, I'm the hype. I So, I don't know. Is the hype? You can't go in with this hype. You think it's going to be Christopher Reeves? Oh, shit. I don't know if that would make you laugh, though. I would be like, oh, my oh. God. But because they could easily deep fake a fucking Chris Reeves Superman in here. Couldn't they? Now they can. Sure. Holy shit. Holy shit. I just don't. I imagine don't. James Gunn cast Christopher Robo Christopher <laughs> oh, Reeves shit. as Superman. Oh, jeez. Deep fake Chris Reeves. Dude, he oh, was yeah. jacked. Did you see that one photo floating around of him? There's like a picture of him and Margot Robbie on the set, and he had a shirt off. And dude, Christopher Reeves was fucking oh. jacked uh, in, in uh, for that and movie. Christopher Reeves, yeah. Have you not and seen Margot that? Robbie? Are you not Margot Robbie? Margot Kidder. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm like, somebody Photoshop. What, what, what the fuck say, are, what you are you smoking, saying, Imran? Right I'm smoking everything. You should fucking know that. By Jesus, now. listen, they got good shit in the Midwest. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Margot Kidder played Lois Lane, of course. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He was Jack. He well, he he bulked up a lot. In the, by the time of Superman three came out, he was pretty Diesel. Yeah. So as this Flash movie comes closer to coming out, I have a feeling they're going to rely on this hype to sell this fucking movie, and uh, we'll see what we'll see what kind of numbers it does. But yes, I'm not going in full geek boner on this, just because even though they're saying it is. Uh, listener, let us know what you thought of these new Flash trailers. You can join this conversation 
You can join our Facebook group. It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. Jock and Nerd. There is a link in the episode description. It is a closed exclusive group just for you, listener. We post a bunch of geeky things. And by the time this show posts, so quick update on our 21st century action movie tournament. Uh, if you are on the Patreon, you may have seen we have selected 40 movies. They're locked in. By the time this show posts, I will post in the Facebook group the list of 40 movies. And for the, the nation there, we're going to do the same thing we did in the last one. Try to pick who makes the top four. Leave your selections in the comments. What will be the final four of these 21st century action movies? You may win a t-shirt. Wes Cranford won a t-shirt. He only got two right. So that's how loosey-goosey we are. With the yeah. <laughs> the closest anyone gets. The close. And if there's several, then it goes into a raffle and blah, blah, blah. But this one's going to be a hard one. There's more movies. They're all really good movies. This is gonna be, yeah, I think this is going to be a very tough one. So it should be a fun exercise. And that way you can watch some of the movies and catch up as we're going to review some moving forward. But that's all in the Facebook group. You know what? I'll put a link in the episode description. If you're not on Facebook, you can click it and it will give you the list of movies. So look for that in the episode notes. Okay. Sticking with Warner Brothers, let's talk about uh, this James Gunn Superman movie for a second. Uh, the most important part is casting Superman. Right. What do you think uh, this person needs? What do you think uh, James Gunn is looking for in a uh, a new Superman here? A Superman that's a little younger. A great ass. Yes, <laughs> Superman does need to have a great ass. I will, sure. I will agree. It's got to look good. Well, if you're going to wear a cape, you're going to hide the ass. But, like, you know, just knowing it's there is, is important. Uh, but I feel like you want someone who has heart who you can connect with and has a little bit of humor. I think he said something serious. about you should be able to hug him. Oh, yes. You want a Superman to be huggable, no? So he's got like a dad bod is what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Bulky arms and round and pudgy in the middle. Anthony, yeah. do, you, do you want to be able to have a Superman you want to hug? Is that is that the reaction you want? Well, I, wouldn't, I don't know if I'd personally hug him, but I do see where he would be going with that. Uh, usually Superman's what a pretty squat square jawed guy. Yeah, rectangle head. Um but you know, broad shoulders, tall. I don't know. I mean Beefy. we all kind of know what Superman looks like. Looks just like Josh Gad, but he's playing Wonder Man. <laughs> well yeah, Josh Gad is gonna be in uh the MCU. He's not playing Wonder Man. He will be in that Wonder Man TV show. Oh. Um Deadline reporter Justin Kroll has confirmed casting is underway. And he says, well, I'm not sure on exact timing when it comes to Superman. I've been told audition tapes are still being submitted. Every rep who has a client that submitted one has been told that Gunn and Safford plan to watch every one. I'd say a decision will come closer to Comic-Con. So there's a bunch of rumors going around of uh, who is in the running. Right. I have a rumor. Have you heard this from uh, the same dude, Jeff Schneider, talked about this on that last show. This is a real interesting one because you also kind of want someone maybe who's not a big name. You know, you think of Henry Cavill. Did people know Henry Cavill when he got cast? Timothy Chalamet. Tim Chalamet. Tim Chalamet. Hey, if they can bulk, they can bulk him up. If they can bulk up Chris Pratt, they can bulk up anybody. <laughs> Let's find another comedian that uh, we, we can force into this role. Uh, but no, I'm. you know, you want someone to not be super a big name so you can believe he's Superman. Jeff Schneider put out a, a name. Right. Uh, and this dude's name is Harris Dickinson. I know what you're thinking. All right. Who the fuck is that? 
Do you know I'm Har- looking it up right now? Harris Dickinson Rugs, you will remember most recently from Triangle of Sadness. He ah. plays Carl, the lead model guy with the girl who the whole movie starts with. Eh, okay. He's, he's got, got a little bit of a Christopher Reeve-ish. Uh, he's a little Christopher Reeve-ish, I he, would say. He's, pre- he's, he's got the height, and he could definitely get bulked up. You die. Yeah, you know, he's a good actor. He was in Where the Crawdads Sing. You could dye his hair and shit also. Right. Anthony, you see this picture of this guy? If you click that link see there uh, where it says Superman casting rumor, you will see Harris Dickinson. Let's see this guy. Uh, maybe. Yeah, sure. I mean, he's young enough, right? And he's kind of unknown enough. Why can't we but... get an American playing Superman? Yeah, another, huh? again, another British dude like Henry Cavill. The Brits own It's distracting. Yes. Oh, shit. No, you're right. The Brits fucking, every Superman has to be fucking British after Why? Cavill. <laughs> well, not every. Just the last one, right? Henry Cavill. Listen, the day they do that is the day they cast an American to play fucking James Bond. That's that's when you do that. Oh, yeah. You yeah, should yeah. do that. I mean, this guy's pretty. looks pretty tall and... Broad shoulder. I'm sure he could pack some weight. He's got a big frame. Is he, he tall? He looks he, tall. He's tall. No, yeah, he's pretty tall. If you look at some of these photos, he was good in Triangle of Sadness. Like, uh, he's no, nah, he was good in that. Yeah, yeah he's, he's got the chop. So, I wouldn't be mad. But this is all still up in the air. Clearly, I think they're still looking. Um, but it's going to be important. That's an important. <laughs> yeah, that's the important part of the cast. Hey, there's so many people that could do it. It 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 really comes down to. Who can really embody the voice and the material, the charisma, and like the screen presence? Yeah, you gotta like feel like that the guy is like beyond human. Yeah, but he's also got to be relatable too, right? As like, so Superman and Lois is on. I've been watching it. The show is so fucking good. Tyler Hoechlin, Superman is it's, he's really he's really good. The stuff they give him is really yeah, good. Yeah, but he's got kind of like a villain face for some reason. I think. Uh, maybe a little bit. He has that constant like five o'clock shadow kind of thing going, which makes him look like, you know, dark Superman or whatever. Um, Look, can I just tell you one thing? If you have been watching the show, season three, a little bit of spoilers. <laughs> Spoiler alert. This is what they've done, but it's 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 amazing. They have L- Lois has breast cancer on Superman and Lois. It's a big fucking thing, right? And they've tied in the storyline with this villain who runs a... uh cancer therapy place and she's there she's investigating but clark is training his son jordan who has powers and he cannot admit that lois is gonna die he's so freaked out about it. he doesn't want to talk about it that he's being really overprotective of jordan won't let him go and do any saves even though the kid has been training he's proven himself and there's like a great conversation this last episode where he finally breaks down he tells lois look i have i am i have all these powers and i can't fucking save you and I just, I can't think that, you know, I, I can lose you. And I was like, oh, my God. First of all, they threw in this cancer thing, and, like, that hit me right away because there was a lot of cancer in my family that I've associated with that I've been through. So I was like, fuck, this, they made this real, and it's pretty ballsy to give Lois Lane breast cancer, I think. But it's it's so good. They, they did that in... um Oh, in the movie. No, well, no, no, not the movie. I'm talking about... Uh, they did this in the comics. It was called... Uh, oh. It was a Spider-Man comic in 84. Sp- oh. Amazing Spider-Man 248. Yeah, the kid who collects Spider-Man. Yes, that is such a great episode. The, issue. The kid episode. also has yeah. some sort of death, deathly illness. Well, you don't terminal fi- disease. Yeah. You don't find out until the end, right? It's, right. It starts and then with Spider-Man him. visits yeah. him, and yeah. then you know it's one of those things where he only he has all these powers, but he can't save him. 
Yeah, you don't find he he hangs out with him the whole day and tells him stories, and then you find out at the end that the kid is terminally ill. You're like, oh my right. god, this is a great standalone issue. Well, those um, are good though. Those are good story, like not great, good yeah. in terms of like the most enjoyable, but those are always um, interesting storylines where they have the hero that can't save someone, right? And it, but nowadays it makes it like really relatable, right? When you're watching, and they, they kind of did that in uh, Black Panther with the real, you know, a real yeah. life thing. Yeah, at the beginning of that starts with. Uh, I think uh, Bozeman's character has some sort of disease, Black Panther. Oh, yeah. They yeah. can't save him despite all the technology. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that was probably an emotional episode. Yeah, no, this whole season has been emotional. So, like, this cancer story is this whole season. So, anyways, they're doing a good job over there with that Superman. But she's not going to die. Well, that's the thing. Like, you're not going to kill Lois Lane, are you? Like, that's, again, that would be fucking ballsy for CW to kill fucking Lois Lane. That's, that would be a so weird it's actually show. pretty good, huh? That show, I it's, hear good it, things. It's quite good. It's quite good. I find myself getting in the feels several times, and I'm like, man. Does it feel a- like Superman for reals, though? It, it feels like a Superman who has a family and has kids. Like a depowered Superman? Or- no, he's not depowered. Although he does get fucking uh, ambushed and beat down a lot of times. Yeah, but- that's what I'm saying. But the the way he plays them is so like down to earth and sincere, and I mean it's a little soap opery, of course. Is his network but that's TV. great because they've at least they know it works. The yeah. formula is working on the show, so they know like, oh, we can take a little bit of this. Seems to be working. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, I'll tell you what's not working. Let's move on to some MCU news. Apparently, the script for the Blade movie I don't think is working, as they're trying to start shooting later this year, and they have. Now, uh, hired a new director. Really? Yeah. I mean, not a director, a writer. They already oh. replaced the director. Basim Tariq was going to direct. He walks. They got Jan Demange, who directed Lovecraft Country for HBO. Uh, now they have uh, the old writer, Emmy nominated screenwriter Michael Starbury, most recent writer to submit a screenplay. They have Hollywood Reporter reporting that Nick Pizzolatto. Mm-hmm. Has been tapped to rewrite the screenplay for Blade. Nick Pizzolatto uh, wrote on and I think created the True Detective for HBO, which in season two featured Mahershala Ali as the one lead detective dude. So I feel like Mahershala Ali is like, yo, the script is whack. Let me call my boy Nick Pizzolatto and fucking help you guys out. And he does not mm-hmm. happy. Uh, so again, Thunderbolts, we heard, is getting a rewrite. The Blade is getting a rewrite. Is this, again, is this worrisome or is this, should we be uh, comforted that they're, they're, they're making it right? Well, the only thing that I would really worry about is if this thing ends up not happening. It seems like it's unraveling instead of coalescing. Yeah. So hopefully this is it coalescing and not unraveling. Like, it just seems like, one thing after another and after another is not working out. And you'd like when things get announced and create and they're in the creative process, you want to seem like everything's falling into place and like going in a direction. That's really cool. And uh, this just seems like it's not. It's a third writer to write a draft. So it, it, it does give me pause. I don't know uh, if it's going to end up leading to a better product, but I do think that there is, like a timeline on this thing where people are just going to be like, fuck it. I'm pulling out. Like mm. you, you haven't been able to make this movie. It's, it's been a, a few years already. 
uh, I'm out. Sorry, like it's taking too long, and I don't see anything coalescing. Like, I so can I'm see out. Mahershala Ali doing that, and I'm surprised that he hasn't. So he must be invested. Anthony, does this make you worry for the Blade movie? Uh, it's not ideal. No. First, to, you know, to be still writing the script as you're about to film next month or this month. The there's two yeah. ways to look at. It. Obviously, there's that. There's you know they're about to film, not ready, not good, or maybe uh, if you're looking at a glass half full, maybe they're realizing, you know, they still don't have it up to par, and they're they're not gonna they're not gonna settle for crap right now. They're gonna they're gonna fix it and ch- make tweaks, and perhaps Mahershala Ali, who's the lead, and you know, is has rumors on the internet that he's been upset with this whole process. Maybe. Mm-hmm. He's kind of taking the bull by the horns, and you know, hopefully this this works out. Um, so yeah, so we'll see what happens. And you know what? They got to do this fucking quick. And I mean, like right now, as we're recording, why? Because I don't know if you followed this story. There is a looming writer strike. The Writers Guild of America (WGA). In fact, the deadline for them to come to a deal is today at midnight, Monday, May first, eleven fifty nine. They have to come to a deal. They've already been given the go-ahead from the union reps to call for a strike if they don't reach a deal. Now, this could fuck everything up. Last time this happened it was like 2007. I don't think it was resolved until 2008, and Hollywood lost lots of money. Everything was delayed. Uh, I was Some reports that I heard are if the, it will happen, but it may only be a month. But regardless, if it happens at the end of today, everything has to stop. See, like, I don't understand why they even allow this to happen. It's just so stupid. Like, they know that the this uh, this contract is up. They're like, listen, we better fucking get our shit together and come up with a good offer so we can just keep things moving. I don't I, know why that they they've missed the mark so much that there there might be a strike. Well, I think the problem is, and I think this was the problem last time, is they really still haven't figured out how to handle uh, compensation for streaming and uh, the the amount of episodes on streaming shows versus the amount of episodes on a network show and how to get royalties after the fact. What happens if this thing goes to different streaming platforms? Like, I don't think they have that. They still haven't figured that shit out. I think someone can because they I think that I, mean, I don't think it's they've been they've been running this model for like three or four years now. Right. Like with I mean, not Netflix and Amazon been doing it longer and Hulu, but um, they know what what generates what and how content moves around. Yeah, but they don't want to pay the writers and they're skirting around certain things with uh, something called mini writers room. I, I heard about on this other podcast that. Where they, it's like less people to make it a full writer's room, so they don't have to give them full scale. They're fucking these writers who are essentially the most important part of the creative process is the fucking writing. Is That's the very beginning. Yeah, I think it's a very simple solution, and uh, I don't know. I feel like that it's going to take a strike for them to fucking pony up and do what's right. Yeah, well, no, by the time this show posts, you'll know, listener, what happened if you are following this story. Look, um, the music business can't strike. Yeah. And look how fucked they are. Yeah. So uh, I think that if you have a guild, if you have a, a, a way to strike, you should do it. So 
Yes, the only way it's going to get them to like sit down and figure it out. Okay, let's move on to another thing. Uh, the Fantastic Four movie coming out from Marvel in 2025. Holy shit, they need to put out the cast of this movie right now because there has been so many rumors. We talked about some last week. Have you guys seen any articles this week? All these. Oh, I a, have. Oh, okay, Anthony. What are some of the things you have seen? Oh, well. We we know about Adam Driver maybe yes, as Mr. Reed, Fantastic. Yep. They're saying Margot Robbie as Sue Storm. Apparently Margot Robbie was offered the role if that that is the story. We don't know if she's gonna accept Margot Robbie, awesome. Barbie, Harley Quinn, and now Sue Storm. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, it's just great. what they did with the first one. They took the hottest chick in the world and made her invisible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, Jessica Alba. Alba? Yeah. Okay, let's do the next thing with Margot Robbie. No, you can't you can't see me. Margot Robbie's a much better actress than that. Jessica that's Alba. a huge gap. But like with Margot Robbie, okay, if you're Margot Robbie right now, and they offered you this role, would you take it? Where you are in your career now? I, I, don't, I don't. I don't think, think so. What, but what I have, motivates her? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if it, if you're talking about money, yeah, it's probably going to make a lot of money. Yeah, it's and yeah. it's the type of thing where it it might it'll make it might make a lot of money, and you add Margot Robbie to it, and it'll make more money. Sure, she's, she's yeah. one of the biggest, biggest stars in the world. Absolutely, Do I saw, you, I so I saw the, that. Go ahead. I think the payday for Marvel is probably a little bit better than DC because DC's movies uh, tend to do terribly at the box office. So, and sequels are not the greatest. And that's true. You know. Yeah, if she was smart, she would do like a deal with box office points or something. She probably does. Uh, what else have you seen, Anthony? Oh, well, there was one that I saw from my... Uh, there's two more that I can re- talk about. There's one that I saw from my friends, and I just went, no freaking way. Yeah. Um, and that one was Mila Kunis as the thing. Okay, this is a rumor that was going around. Yes. <laughs> is that the, real? Well, I, you know what? I have no idea. Here's what I... That would be the dumbest decision what? in the damn world. So last week, we talked about her name in uh, being in the, the running for Sue Storm. Then I see this article where... They say they're looking at male and female uh, actors for the thing. They want him to be Jewish, him or her. That Mila Kunis is actually being looked at for the thing. Then I see an article, Mila Kunis herself saying, I'm not in the Fantastic Four, but I know who is. So I think that's been, I don't think that's, <laughs> that's okay, going to that, happen. That one, I, that I, was I, wild. I my yeah. jaw dropped going, that's. So stupid. I, wasn't there a female thing uh, for a few comics? And I believe there wasn't the, was. The, was it the blind chick that was a female thing? His girlfriend or no? Uh, oh, that was his girlfriend. That's right. Uh, Crystal see. or whatever. Oh, no, Sharon Ventura. That's the one. That's the female. Sharon. Yes. She thing, of course, like she Hulk. Oh, my God. There was a she thing. First appearance in 1985. There's a she everything. Wow, but this That's is in the 80s. Literally every superhero has a counterpart of the opposite sex. That's true. That's true. That's true. Can you think of one? Sharon Ventura, yeah. Huh. As a result of the power broker's augmentation treatment. Okay. Uh, she was also a Miss Marvel at one point. Uh, right. That'd oh. be a, I mean, if you cast her as that, maybe. Yeah. But uh, if you're just changing the sex on ben Grimm. that's a tough that's a tough look yeah no you'd have you just put a different character in there right yeah okay yeah that's a weird else. one by the way back the to the, the milikunis thing i love the memes of i think boss logic 
he put the thing in like what Meg wears from Family Guy because Mila Kunis voices Meg from Family Guy. And it's just the caption is shut up thing because they're always like, shut up, Meg. That's good. That's good. That's funny. <laughs> okay. What's the other one? Antonio Banderas as Galactus. This is oh. great. This is this will be the sexiest Galactus voice. <laughs> yeah, Puss, the guy who does Puss in Boots. Imagine yes. that voice on Galactus and Galactus going, "Oh, Silver Surfer, this planet is delicious. Give me the planet. It's so sexy. <laughs> this should be amazing." Uh, I, but I I could see that working also though. Sure. With, with Antonio yeah. Banderas, I'm. I'm curious. I mean, it sounds like if if and when they do Galactus, they're actually going to put a fucking guy, a giant human, I think, is what they're going to do. I mean, yeah. maybe like maybe like an Eternal type thing. Maybe yeah. Galactus will be rewritten, rewritten as an Eternal. He's got to be that but, size at least. What but, if like what if like are we going to see a face with a purple helmet? That that'd yeah. be so crazy. Dude, they did. You have to. I want to see that Galactus. <laughs> what if it was like Arnold? Galactus. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! I'm going, eat eat I'm going to eat your planet. I'm going to eat your planet. Come with me into my belly. Uh, so regarding that, there's another rumor about Silver Surfer and Galactus uh, reporting that, so, that there's going to be a Silver Surfer. Either it's, gonna, it's not going to be a Marvel one-shot presentation. It's either going to be a movie or a Disney Plus TV show, and it's going to come out of what happens in Fantastic Four, but he will not be in Fantastic Four, and they may use... Uh, that other herald, Terex. Remember Terex, the terrible, was one of Galactus's heralds before Thor and Rad, I believe, which would make sense. He, the dude mm. looks like Darkseid, Terex. Yeah. yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah, he looks just like Darkseid. So that's the other rumor, but that that makes sense. Is you have Galactus and Terex, and then it so whatever happens sets up Silver Surfer because that's a lot to do in a Fantastic Four movie, as we have seen them try to do uh, in the past. The other rumor was Paul Mescal as Johnny Storm. Paul Mescal, who got an Oscar nomination for Afterburn. Nobody knows who he is, unless you're like mm-hmm. into movies. But I don't know if that one is, uh, that one might already be done. Anyways, they need to put this cast out. I don't know if they're going to wait till San Diego. Probably San Diego Comic-Con again. Yeah, maybe, unless it leaks. Yeah, because there's, oh, and there was, uh, oh, Keanu Reeves rumored to play Silver Surfer. Was that a rumor? Mm, that'd be interesting. I think maybe I saw that. He could play Silver Surfer. But by far, the Mila Kunis thing is like the wildest that was, thing. That was the wildest I've one. Seen. What if uh, the Herald is a female, like a Nova or something? Oh, it could be a female Herald. That'd be se- sexy. Yeah. <laughs> be sexy. That'd be sexy. Or Fire Lord. Oh. Yeah, I would have gone Mila Kunis 1, but Antonio Banderas as Galactus 2 is pretty, yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty up there, too. Not, not, not as ridiculous. Just go, whoa! That's an interesting casting decision. And then I'm seeing a lot of uh, Twitter people saying Adam Driver is all pretty much but set to be the Reed Richards. Hmm. Like you got to have the family. I mean, they're casting everybody at once, so uh, this can be interesting cast regardless. It's a fun movie. Uh, you know what? Another fun movie is coming out this week. Get excited! Geek Boner, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. I got my Thursday night tickets. Me too. And uh, this, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty excited to see this finale. Um, it has it did premiere. There are first reaction. There is an early tomato meter, Rotten Tomato score out. And initially, uh, the first reactions again range from best Marvel movie in years, best movie since Endgame, 
And then the tomatometer came down as they're now at 118 reviews. It's at 77% currently. Uh, even seven out of 10. Wah, it wasn't super funny. Um, some people, That's what I'm hearing. yes, it's so this one, uh, variety says go, go range from best Marvel movie in years to strangely uneven. Uh, I feel like it's going to be really good and it's just maybe, uh, a little uneven and uh, maybe overpacked, but it's not going to be bad. I don't think it's going to be bad. Like, I don't see anybody saying, I think James Gunn is going to try and like do serious shit, but then it's, it's going to feel out of place in all of his jokiness. Well, he that's may have, he may have I mean, to that, hold that's back. That's the that's the whole James Gunn thing. Is either yeah. is he's going to make jokes and he's able to tie it all together into a still an emotional story that you're laughing and kind of crying at, or it's too jokey and the tone is too all over the place. It's just that's what his that's his balancing that's his tightrope act every movie. But I yeah. he's not as bad as like Taika was right when they let him go all jokey and I think. Some people, I mean, I I like his style. Some yeah. people would argue that the second movie was too jokey, mm, 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 like Rug Boy. Mm, I think Rug yeah. Boy argue that. Yes, that is my assessment, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, I don't think he's a bad filmmaker. I just think that he relies on too many of his the same bag of tricks all the time, and he could he could really ascend to being a great filmmaker if he just didn't do it so much. Hey, this is an interesting take from Grace Randolph. She said, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 has that MCU magic. She goes, James Gunn quickly becoming a phenomenal blockbuster director and might deliver a fire Superman movie, but he really needs to stop putting his family and friends in his movies. It's super distracting. It took me out of a whole sequence. Oh, really? I, you know what? It's interesting because I've seen people argue like, look, Scorsese has his, has DiCaprio, you know, Spielberg has his guys. These directors have their, People, yeah, they Sam Raimi put his brother Sam in Sam Raimi puts Bruce Campbell Sa- and his Say that one more time, that they're arguing what? That his brother's in it? That, that, well, Grace Randolph is saying he needs to stop putting his family and friends in the movie. It's taking me out of the movie. Oh, so. oh go, stop crying. <laughs> <laughs> She's talking See, about... Everyone, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Everyone has brother. their people they yeah. turn, turn yeah, to. Yeah, the stable. Nolan See, my, does it. Sandler yeah. fucking puts all his friends and shit. I don't care if James Gunn puts his wife or anybody in these movies. I just think that when you when you're in charge of D.C. and you get rid of every single project except for the one that your wife's in, it just looks (laughs) bad. That does look bad. And not only that, but I think that that his wife would make a great Black Canary. And then he missed that opportunity to cast her as Black Canary right there. He could have been like, oh, I'm going to give you an upgraded part in a movie. You look perfect. You'd be. You'd make the perfect black canary. Now she's and, Amelia Harcourt, like forever now. Yeah, now she's Amelia Harcourt, and I'm like, so I don't know. I just think it. I don't care what he does. We where he puts stuff in. I just think it's weird when you cancel a slate and you leave the one the one thing that your wife said. But look, we, it just looks bad. We've but we've already seen this right over there on DC. Now he's getting shit for putting Jennifer Holland and everything. But Craglin is Sean Gunn, and Sean it's James Gunn's brother. He also does the mocap for Rocket. But I love Craglin. I don't think he was overused. Um, I, I think this is a non-topic. Yeah, I, as long as they're doing well, who cares? It's like, yeah. I don't mind. Well, but she goes on to say, she goes, she believes James Gunn, if he stopped doing that and pulled back on the sophomore humor, he could be one of the greatest big budget directors working today. He's gotten that good. So yeah, maybe I think I I'm, I'm, can't wait to see. Like, I feel like every I've seen movie, some pretty good. I've seen I've seen I'd browse through Rotten Tomatoes before we started yeah. and. Saw a lot of people say it was good. A lot, of, you know, a lot of love for it. 
the people that were saying that wasn't said it was maybe a little bit too ambitious, a little too overstuffed. Yeah, I mean, you know what? That's fine. Like this, this whole unit, these characters, this family, this journey—they've been on. They all have crazy stories, and there's a lot of characters to serve, right? So you just got to balance that. I, apparently, I hear it's like a very rocket. Rocket's uh, story is huge and emotional in this one. But everybody, well, it's the high evolutionary. He makes all those yes, you know, animals. Yes. We get a little rocket's origin. Uh, but man, I, yeah, I can't wait. I caught up like on Disney plus they have that legends kind of show where it's like nine minute episodes of every MCU character. They did a whole series on everybody from guardians of the galaxy kind of showing you their whole journey in like nine minutes. And you forget, man, these people have been through a lot, a lot of crazy shit. Uh, and it's just been a great ride. So we will have a full review next week. Listener. Okay. Got a couple of action movie things. As uh, we love our action movies, we're going to review an amazing action movie momentarily. The first one is, I think this came out of CinemaCon also, uh, Fast X, Fast 10's got another trailer. And while I'm probably not going to go see this in the theaters, even though I should because it's an action movie, uh, this fucking trailer, again, they're they're really fun to watch. (laughs) The trailers are so entertaining (laughs) because at the end of this trailer, fucking uh, Vin Diesel... (laughs) Drives his car. He's on the Hoover Dam, yeah. There's two big semis coming, and it looks like his kid is in the car with him. And they're about to hit him, and he drives his car off the Hoover Dam as the semis collide and explode. Blow up the Hoover Dam as he proceeds to drive vertically down the sheer face of Hoover Dam as it's exploded. His fucking tire is on fire. It's a little cool little touch. But I was like, what the shit is this? This is fucking crazy. I don't know, Anthony. What do you think? Is this like I'm, I was kind of digging the tra- the action in this trailer here? Yeah, no. I mean, I, I don't know if I'll see this in the theater either because I stopped following the Fast series after uh-huh. seven, so yeah. I haven't seen eight or nine or Hobbs and Shaw. Um, maybe I'll do that one time, just get back into it. But the trailer looks fine. It looks it looks okay. It looks about it's pretty on brand at this point. Fast the the series knows what it is, and it's just let's throw the biggest names in a movie with cars and action scenes. And it's almost kind of a parody of itself at this point. Yeah. I mean, as you mentioned, you know, they have a car driving down vertically, like horizontally driving yeah. down yeah. or vertically driving down, down a wall, essentially a wall, like, and then not <laughs> flipping just like gravity, not taking over. Yeah. yeah um, just perfectly in control. And then you have the fact that, Jason Momoa has been retconned to have been in Fast Five, and you have him, and you have like Han is back. Han died, and Han was killed by Jason Statham's character. Yet they're teaming up in this movie. Sure, and Brie Larson's in it, and Charlize Theron, and everybody. John Cena's in it. John Cena seemingly is doing jokes. I thought the last one he was the enemy. So just a whole. (laughs) It's just a whole. It. This is what the franchise is. They're blowing up the Vatican, also. It's they blew up the Vatican. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're just this is this franchise is just <laughs> the Pope's gonna be mad. I will tell you that it's much. just a smorgasbord of oh, they just throw everything. They just put everything in it. Any, just, anything and everything in an action movie, and then they try to put a, and then they try to add a scene with a car. <laughs> or two. I'm just waiting for the filter on uh, Vin Diesel's face to fully render. <laughs> it's still rendering. They're not. They're yeah, still they're still, on. it's going to be ready on the day that it releases. It does still look like an Instagram filter. <laughs> yeah. Every time he walks around. Listen, this VFX Because then people. you compare him to Jason Statham, who yeah. doesn't look filtered at all, looks 
old, you know, wrinkly, but not like super old. And you you just like wait a minute, like what man, did just they be do? old. It's okay. Yeah, what yeah. is this? We don't, we don't care. This, Why this? does Jason Statham look so gloss? Or not Jason? Vin Diesel looks so glossy. He's so smooth and shit. What's going on? Yeah. But he doesn't look young. He just looks smooth and old. Yes. Which is not, yes. not, not, not natural. It's a, it's a weird look. Yeah. Yeah. They polished him up like a fucking bowling ball. I don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah. All right. Anyways, that's this movie's crazy. It'll probably make all the money. I mean, it's one of the biggest action yeah. franchises we, we got. One more. Louis. That is one more. One more. This. Louis Leterrier coming back to do the next one, too. Part two. Louis wow. Leterrier. Rick, quick, quick pop quiz. What yeah. Marvel movie did he direct? Oh, the Hulk. The Incredible Hulk. Hulk. Ed go. Norton Hulk, which is it's not a bad, it's not bad direction. It's not bad action. Oh, not bad. Pretty good. Uh, okay, and then the last thing this ties right into our uh, '90s action movie tournament. Guess who's back, everybody? Back uh, again. He's back again. Uh, the re- famous search and rescue mountain climber Gabe Walker. No, from Cliffhanger. Yes, Sylvester Stallone. Get the fuck out of here! Rebooting fucking Cliffhanger. They're rebooting it with him. Oh shit! He's They're in rebooting it. Rebooting it with him in it. Yes, this is a why reboot. Just do a, wow! Why not just do a legacy sequel at that? 1993's point? Cliffhanger. Uh, Rick Roman Waugh, who is the filmmaker behind Angel Has Fallen and Greenland, will be directing this movie. Greenland's actually really good. I like that. Yeah, one. I've heard that. I have to watch that one. These days. Uh, in a script by some guy named Mark Biancooli, who wrote Hunters. Cooley. Produced by people who produce uh, Fast and Furious and Stallone is producing. But yes, fucking John Lithgow going to be in it. No, he died. Gabe Walker back on the mountain. Uh, I don't know how you do this. I don't know how you do. I don't know. Uh, I mean, with stuntmen (laughs) training uh, like new. I just rescue dude is 78 years old or something. He just he looks great for that age. But I mean, climbing a mountain is is not for the the old. I don't know. Is there like an eighty year old mountain climber? Is that is that is that a thing? Well, is, when you take as much horse uh, steroids as Stallone's probably still taking, maybe it's possible. Is the dude from <laughs> Walking Dead still stuck on them? Or fucking uh, you know, Yandu? Is Yandu still what, I, what, what I love about Stallone is when I look at his career, you can clearly see the the effect. The steroids had on him because ah. in the seventy, you know, in the Rocky movies, he was the early Rocky movies. He was, you know, he was just kind of a a guy. Yeah, he, he, he didn't. He had a built body, but he wasn't all that cut. And then you get through the eighties and nineties, and he's super cut. Yeah, and then you get into the two thousands, and for some reason, his face got wider, like way yeah. wider. Yeah, his something happened. Got the roid, way yeah, wider. the roid face. Was yeah. it yeah. roids yeah. or like, like everything is just so bloated? Yeah, he doesn't look like the same. Like. The the outline is still kind of there, but he's not the same looking guy. Like his everything's changed. He's in his not face. coloring in the lines anymore. What's going right. on? He <laughs> had a very like narrow face, yes. narrow like thin thinner nose. And you look at him now in all these movies, it's just like, well, how did his face get so wide? Yeah, it like structurally changed. Did yeah. he like bone grafts? Did he, I don't know. This is weird. Um, Surgery and, and a lot of HDH. But you know what? I just saw him fight Van Damme last week, and yeah. it was fucking great. <laughs> yeah, what, what was that in? In uh, Expendables too. too. Oh, that he's what, like six or seven years old now? Eight years old? Yeah, it's old. It's an old. Well, it's old he, by our standards, yeah. He is going to be in Expendables four. That is in yep. post production, yeah. and we're all going to see him this week. He's in he's Guardians, Guardians three. Yeah, yeah he plays yeah. Stuckar Ogord. Will I mean everybody that's in all the Guardians movies is going to be in this movie? So 
we will see what Stallone looks like. <laughs> Still as, chugging uh, along that Stallone. But, but on a cliffhanger away. reboot yeah, note, yeah. Um, I don't know why you would do a reboot reboot and have him in it. Because Re- it's like one of his more like well reviewed movies. Maybe but, I don't know. But I, well, don't I would just do a I just do a sequel. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand why they're calling. The, they're saying a reboot that he's going to play Gabe the same character. How is this a reboot? That's weird. maybe it's a legacy se- legacy sequel, or it's like a maybe he's sitting telling a story uh, about when he was young, and then they recast. <sighs> I remember. I don't know if I said this when we reviewed the movie, but I'll say it now. If I and if I did say it then, I'm repeating myself. But who cares? <laughs> the The best part about Cliffhanger, I heard this on the Bill Simmons podcast yeah. when they reviewed it. Yeah, and I agree. Is just the fact that uh, what's the character's name that plays that's his friend that's uh, in Guardians movies? The Yandu is uh, what's his fucking name? Michael yeah. Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker. Yes. Michael Rooker is just like irrationally mad at yes. Stallone's character for not saving his wife. It just it makes no sense because he went out there and attempted to save the guy's wife. He didn't do anything. And, and he, he just hanging he out blames there. him. Yeah. Even though he like took his wife, who was super inexperienced, up to the top of a mountain, yeah. and and like. Like put her in that position, basically. Yeah, he's really the douchebag. <laughs> he, it was there. entirely his fault, and the whole time he's super mad at fucking Gabe for no reason. And he's Gabe tried to help your wife, bro. Yeah. What he are you talking about? He can't accept it. He can't yeah. accept. Well, and, and they. And <laughs> my so favorite funny. was on that podcast. They like to imply that the reason he took her up there is that they were both really kinky freaks. Yeah, and they was. just wanted to have sex on top of a mountain. <laughs> they wanted to join the like the thirty thousand mile high club or something, <laughs> mountain sex club. <laughs> Uh, what was his name but in it, the movie? Was oh, who cares uh, what his Al name was? Tucker. Hell, oh, yeah, oh. yeah. But yeah, I don't know how you make a sequel. To, I mean, I'm sure there's an idea, but uh, not sure that movie needs a sequel. Listen, if it, a reboot or Harrison Ford is playing Indiana Jones at eighty, there's no reason Stallone can't still be fucking bringing yeah. this shit back. The nineties are mean, hot right I, now. I will, I will, I will see the movie if there's a clip in the trailer of Stallone climbing a mountain. I will laugh <laughs> oh, so yeah. hard. At that age, I need to see him hanging from a helicopter. Again. Then again, you do have you're right. You have Harrison Ford riding a freaking horse, and yeah, I don't know what, what they have like, him doing. Let's get the deep fakes going. He's like, let's do it. <laughs> He's like, I'm never letting this go. We're gonna make this for another twenty fucking years. Um, okay, let's take a break here, everybody. We'll play some promos. We're gonna come back and talk about a fantastic action movie right after this. What's up? This is Brian, and I'm the host of Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast. That's right, a podcast dedicated to my favorite TV show, Parks and Rec. Every week I discuss my favorite things about the show, which include character breakdowns, episode rewatches, and other random facts and tidbits about the show. You can find me on Instagram at Citizens of Pawnee Podcast and listen wherever you get your podcast now. You will literally love it. Hello, Gerald from Two Peas on a Podcast here. So you're listening to a podcast that you love right now. Chances are I love it too. In the independent podcast community, we all support each other, which is why you're currently hearing this promo. So I wanted to tell you a little bit about my show in the hopes that maybe you'll check it out. I welcome a different 
co-host each week, usually other podcasters, friends of mine, or random folks from the entertainment industry. Together, we count down our top five favorite things for whatever that week's topic is. It's often centered around music, movies, TV, and pop culture. We have over 250 episodes spanning nearly five years of programming, so there's bound to be something on our feed that's just for you. We release new episodes of Two Peas every Wednesday. For links to all of our content and to subscribe via your favorite podcast app, just go to our website. It's www.twopeasonapod.com. We can't wait to welcome you to the party. Listener, if you enjoy the show, this is a great time to give back. Join our Patreon fan club. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Jockandnerd! You can support this bullshit for a monthly on a monthly or annual basis. We love all the continued support. Thank you, everyone who supports us on Patreon. They get cool things like an exclusive podcast feed where shows come out early. Bonus content is posted there. And like I mentioned a little bit earlier, we had a second update to our 21st century action movie tournament movie selection draft. Uh, where we had a poll, where the poll had closed. We had five, have the winners. We have our final 40 movies, uh, which will be revealed as soon as this show posts. Uh, also, we have Discord benefits. So if you're on Patreon, you can hang out with us for our monthly Discord hangouts. Uh, this month will be May 18th, I believe. I think that's the right. I wrote down March. I think I meant May. Somewhere around May there. 18th. Oh, definitely not March. Check, not March. Check the Patreon page <laughs> Check for out, the date. Get excited about a show it's, in 10 months. It's once a month, like usually the third Thursday. It's in the, it's on the website. Uh, and you can also pick any movie for us to watch and review a lot Wait, of fun May 18th? stuff. No, June 18th. I, no, this month will be May 18th. Oh, you're talking Wait, about the Discord. Never the mind. Discord I'm half paying attention. Will be, yeah, you're not paying attention. No, Last I one thought you were talking about the <laughs> tournament. Two. Never mind. Three, four. Yeah, when that happens, uh, it'll be soon. You'll know. But in the meantime, we are going to review some of the movies that are in the tournament. A, uh, a few weeks ago, we did The Raid, definitely in the tournament. And we're just now, we're just going to do the sequel. This is uh, this week's review is The Raid 2, also in the tournament. Here is your spoiler alert. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. Uh, the Raid 2 from 2014. First one was... Uh, to 2011 so three years later raid 2 comes out also known as the raid 2 baron doll uh in indonesia or the raid retaliation in some places that's a lot has a lot of names on rotten tomatoes uh tomato meter putting this at 82 percent 7.5 out of 10 audience score 87 percent the first movie was 87 87 on both sides this movie they got a bigger budget for this one, after the success of the first one, first movie made for a million dollars, the budget of the Raid 2, $4.5 million, uh, ends up making internationally $6.7 million and then makes more money on physical DVD and Blu-ray in the U.S., in the U.K., sold well. So, I mean, this is a very niche thing. Again, all Indonesian production, but, of course, written and directed by a Caucasian man named Gareth Evans. He's Welsh, by the way. That's right. If you were wondering. Uh, starring some cast from the first movie, namely Iko Uwais coming back as Rama. Uh, and Yayan Ruyan, not as Mad Dog, as a completely different character. 
It, oh yeah, interestingly, they tried to one back past us, but, but I was like, "Hey, it's the same guy again." The guy that looks like Ali. We'll, we'll talk about that yes. later. Anyways, but I think he's also like the stunt coordinator. So right, uh, yeah, and then he's you, the fight coordinator. Yeah, he's the fight coordinator. The big difference is that first movie, nice tight hour forty minutes. This one, two hour, two and a half hours, two and a half hours. It expands. Uh, Anthony, why, why don't you catch us up previously on the raid and then tell us uh, what this movie's about? Well, you want to know what the raid was about first? Well, what I mean, just happened? It, yeah, it kind of leaps well, yeah, off. We ended the raid, and he was uh, Rama, played by Eko Uwais, was looking for his brother, also trying to clear out a, a building with a drug lord, was able to accomplish both, but his brother didn't want to leave the, that life. He didn't want to leave that thug life. And uh, this movie picks up right right after that almost and his brother's been captured and gets executed uh by a bunch of drug lord criminals and uh, rama is tasked with some by a secret agency within the police to infiltrate um these drug crime family things and get in get more intel and basically take it apart from within yeah, I mean, it's your basic, you know, get thrown in prison, befriend the gangster's son, get into the gang, and uh, take down a gang war. Get in the mix of a gang well, war. Well, not, 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 I mean, uh, this, in this instance, it's yeah. befriend the son, but yeah, befriend the, the criminals. Infiltrate, get inside. Yes, and uh, did you, so did you watch this movie again for this, or you watched it when you watched no, The Raid initially? I watched it when I watched it a couple of weeks ago. For the first time. A month or two, yeah. I still remember it. Okay, well, let's start there. Uh, at the end of the movie, what are your thoughts? What do you think overall? Oh man, at the end of the movie, I mean, it is it is longer. It's a it's a lot more of an involved plot. Um, I'd say it, probably an in, more interesting plot. You know, anytime you have the the good guy infiltrating and being around all the his enemies or potentially the bad guys, like those are always very interesting plots. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this movie's pretty awesome. I mean, it's it's one of those things where you make the raid and you're like, how can they even top this? And you have this movie where, I mean, there's five, maybe six fight scenes that I think are all awesome. I mean, you, you start the movie out with him in the toilet oh, fighting yes. off about 30 dudes while in he's a, in the fucking stall. In a bathroom, and it just escalates stall. from there. I, I gotta hand it to that uh, that bathroom door latch. Uh, it ha- <laughs> it's strong it, as fuck. It hang on, yeah, it hung on latch. for a while until the screws fell out. <laughs> you know, we we can dive into all the fight scenes, oh, 12, you know, maybe later. I I, I, I counted them. Twelve. A uh, twelve like fight slash action scenes. I mean, there's five or six in my opinion, or five that you just. I mean, there's that. There's the the j- fight in the mud. There's the car chase scene in fighting in the car then there's the when he takes on the hammer guy and the, or the hammer girl and the baseball that bat boy, guy yes and then when he takes on the final the boss is like right hand man in yeah. the kitchen it's like Those a video game all i mean it just is like how do they keep fucking topping this boss level it's fights. not a perfect movie yeah. um and we can get into why i think it isn't later i mean they make a horrific decision which we can get into you know later but overall, it's it's a fucking worthy ass follow up to the raid, and I, I honestly don't know. 
I, I'm going to say right now, I don't know which movie's better. Like, they're both fucking awesome. Oh, man, yeah. It's that, you know, and that is the ultimate question we're going to have to get to. And I you know, maybe I'll make a decision at the end, but yeah. And I, I, I mean, but I'm with you. I, I, I was tossing, I'm going back and forth. Dude, I, after watching this movie, what a fucking journey. I, just like John Wick 4, I was exhausted. Brutal fights with not just fights, but fights with emotion behind them. Uh, yes, and it's bigger. Like, there's more locations, more characters, more villains, more plot. Uh, more gangsters, and at the end of this movie, the way it ends, you're like, "Fucking Rama is a fucking badass." Holy shit, I love it! And like the John Wick does the same thing. You put your central character through the ringer, and the fact that it is Eco Waste actually doing all this choreography and stunts, like you buy it and you are exhausted. Um, as far there's twelve fight scenes, right? And so they have to continually kind of set up why to fight. So I, I, while I did enjoy a lot of the story, I don't know. I don't know if it did help this movie or hurt it. I'm still not sure. Some of it could have been tightened up a little bit, but fuck. And also the fight scenes, they start out kind of short and they get longer and longer and longer. It's a great buildup, but in the editing, Gareth Evans also did the editing. He wrote, directed and edited this movie. There's some wow. There's some fantastic editing in this movie, but yeah, yeah. I fucking love it. it When it comes to action, he, yeah, there's no one that shoots it as well as he does. Maybe, maybe we're, you know, John Wake Ford, the guy that does the yeah. Stahelski, but yeah, Stahelski knows. Yeah. Sorry, Ruggs, go ahead. There, there's about five guys that can do it. And he's one of them, like the top of the top to the top action directors. So he's, he's among, he's among the best. Um, I enjoyed this movie. I think I, this is the second time I saw it all the way through, but I've watched scenes uh, a few times. Uh, the reason why I I had to I didn't watch it again after I even though I enjoyed it because I do feel it's very long and I don't want to sit through the whole movie I'll just watch action sequences from it and um that's fine like if you want to go back and watch scenes but there is something where I have a pause of like why haven't I gone back and watched the whole thing all the way through and perhaps it is the length of time that that the movie is. But I do enjoy the action sequences immensely. And I do enjoy the general plot of the movie, I think, is great. I really like that um, the guy that he sent to go and befriend in prison is a huge asshole and he wants to betray his father. Yeah. And he's just a huge douchebag. You could do a lot more with that. And they didn't. Uh, um, uh. Uh, that has potential as really good storytelling potential. They did. They did enough. But like. um that dude looked like Elvis to me. I was like, this Elvis looking motherfucker. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's a good looking man. He's a good looking dude. Like when Elvis, <laughs> like a young Elvis, I was like, he, he's got the little hair curl. Yeah. Uko's character is pretty great. And we meet him yeah. uh, in the prison. Uh, I just want to, let's just talk about, I want to just talk about these fight scenes because each one. They're so good. Brings some, like you, the first one you mentioned, Anthony, that fighting in a confined space in a bathroom stall and like how smart he is to like, Get a couple in, close the door, try to Love take that. them out. Love when he like close brings a few in and yeah. closes the door and beats their ass. And, and then, then he's like, "Let like, me take care of these the guys." Door. Yeah, and then brings more in. It's he's, just like, and he's flipping. so genius. It's so he good. created his own hot gates. Mm. <laughs> he can control I love, it. I love that the dudes are just the the guys he beats up are just piling up on the toilet. Yeah, they just flipping them over <laughs> and they get they're just piling on top of each other. And then <laughs> it's re- but and it's real short, right? It kind of ends with that great overhead shot where they all rush in and you're like, "Holy." fuck right 
Uh, and then he meets Uko, makes his friend, and we get to the prison yard brawl in the rain, which is just visually the mud, the rain the, uh, was amazing. I love the whole buildup to it where you see them coming and he's just slowly unscrewing the handle to the broom. Uh, mm. And the, the, the multiple times they use their environment to fight is so well done in this movie. You you can tell by that fight scene that they had a little bit more money and uh, Gareth uh, was it Emery no not Evans Emery. Evans not Edwards was was be- a better was a better um, director like you he gets the way better shooting yeah. that with the slow motion oh, rain and yes. all that stuff There's, it just it just like it's just it's like art yes. when you're watching that fight I, there's long handheld shots of chaos and the whole movie I'm like the choreography the amount of time. They had to spend on this so that everybody was safe and the swinging around fucking weapons is staggering. Uh, I kept thinking of that line from Batman 89 when Joker is flipping through Vicky Bell's portfolio of Cordo Maltese and he's like, the bodies, the skulls. I don't know if it's art, but I like it. <laughs> this is how I felt watching this whole fucking movie because he's like, he starts snapping arms and there's fucking oh, brutal. Yeah, it's so fucking brutal. Rugs, anything about that fight scene that stuck out to you? No, I thought it was great. I thought it was theatrical. I I love when the uh, shot rings out and then they pan up and the guards oh, like yes, and then all of a sudden like, it takes on a whole different like oh shit that's like, what that looks like one take too. They're climbing the fence and it and he and he pans up and it pans back and the guy pulls the other guy down like they do that stuff like I feel like again the most realistic fucking fighting I've ever seen. Like these people have to be getting hurt. I can't believe how this is all fucking. What's what's crazy about it is it's like it's unreal. Like it's it's not real. You you there's no way that this guy's taken out this many people in a real fight. Yeah, but it's shot so well yeah. that it looks freaking real. Like it looks possible. There, yes. Well, there, in the prison fight scene, there's a little bit of that where it's like one at a time instead of like why don't you just swarm him? But they do that later. But it's just timed so well and shot so well, edited so well. That you feel it. Okay. Then there's that great scene at the pornographer's warehouse where you see the silhouette of that girl, that girl pegging some dude. And they're yeah. just <laughs> filming it. It's hilarious. Uh, but the whole bit about the dudes reaching for the shotgun and Rama is standing there and he sees the reflection in the puddle. Oh, uh, and then that, that scene is great. My favorite part is when the dude runs on the table and then just jumps through the pane of glass window to get the fuck out of there. Uh, it's uh, fucking great. <laughs> any comments on that fight scene another short one that one i don't remember as much i'll be honest i do remember seeing the guy the girl pegging the two yeah you remember that That's <laughs> well it's like it's like the first time that the two guys are like out of prison and they do a job together yeah. and he definitely covers his ass he and he's himself, the guy yeah he runs after the dude who, met, who jumps through the glass and tries to make a run for it and he beats the shit out of him in that room <laughs> and uh that little guy, he, he lasts a lot longer than I thought he, he Yeah, would. he did. The little guys in this movie uh, are pretty scrappy. But, like, you know what? There's iconography in this. Like that is, It's like out of a gangster movie, yeah. like out of a Martin Scorsese movie or something where he goes to the safe and he grabs that, that automatic gun. Oh, and yeah. And he just, like, just unloads like, it. Yeah, and then it runs out. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's great. That's something out of a gangster movie. It's totally a gangster Dude, fucking a, a thing. A lot of these shots reminded me of Tarantino and like yeah. Romance, Reservoir Dogs, a little Kill Bill uh, in yeah. there. Yeah, there's a lot of that in there. And um, it, uh, 
it is funny to go into that environment where they're in the pornographer's yeah. place. It, and there's all these like, uh, they got the, you can see some of the seedy underbelly and, uh, and, and how this, the, the, the gangster's son, how much of a douche he I is. I know. He's a fucking, he's, he's evil though. He's like, that's not yeah, gonna be enough. That, that's a good, good point. Cause you, in the beginning, you, you know that he's a gangster's son. So you know he's probably not great, but he seems kind of like a charismatic, somewhat, you know, to the degree that you can be a gangster son, honorable guy, and then you see how he treats women later. Yeah, in that karaoke bar scene where, yeah. that, what, doesn't he take that microphone and shove it between her legs? Is that what he was wants to? Yeah. He yeah. Wa- he's about to, and he's, uh, Rama stops her. Yeah, he's losing his shit. This guy's fucking. And then you realize, oh, he's actually like an insecure piece of shit. Yeah, he's betraying his own dad. All right, then we meet uh, Yaya Ruyan, and this is it's not Mad Dog. It's a character named Procoso. I had a problem with this. Did this take oh, you yeah. out of the this movie? Is, go ahead, Rugs, because <laughs> I'm I got a lot to say about okay. this. I just think that, dude, there's nothing wrong with recasting this dude, but like make him a different character completely. Like cut your shave this guy's head, put him in a suit, like a nice suit, like make him like give him some gold teeth or something, just tat him up, or just make it like a completely different, unrecognizable guy. If you want to use this guy. Don't make him literally look exactly like he did in the other movie with gray hair. It's just, it's not, it, you know, it's just it, it, dirt, like the same dirty dirtbag kind of look. Yeah, he looked like mm-hmm. the same homeless like, dude. Yeah. Um, I think he's a great martial artist and I like watching him fight, but I just thought it was very, uh, a very poor choice right there. Like it didn't, it didn't even go with the character. Like, yeah. yeah. The character's supposed to be this like friend of the family. Yeah, that everybody like his, reveres. His main hitman. And he looked, yeah, he looks like he just like pulled out from under a bridge or something. Right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, yeah. To add to that, so when I first saw the movie, I was like, "Is Mad Dog back?" <laughs> yeah, no, Mad Dog. And died. then I went with maybe that's Mad Dog's twin brother. Oh shit! And oh yeah, you're I, playing mental yeah, gymnastics yeah. the whole yeah. time. And then I realized, oh my god, it's a different dude. Yeah. And at that point, the fight scenes are fun. Like fun. Yeah. It's a fun. There's fun fight scenes with the guy in it. But it is, I mean, it's unforgivable that they cast this guy to play that role. <laughs> but it, 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 That's the worst thing ever. Furthermore, sorry, Ron, one more thing. Furthermore, this whole part of the movie can it, be completely cut and the yes. movie's the same. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's just a useless, yeah. it's a side other thing. than like some cool fight scenes, it's, 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 it like takes points off the movie for me that this guy's in the fucking Yeah, they movie. had to do the guy a solid, basically. Yeah, or, and it, that's just, that it's just an unforgivable decision. But like, that. just make him look different. Just pull his hair back. Shave his fucking face. I don't know. You can Every, Everything about that. Every decision that was made is, is an like awful, Ruxin. awful decision. Because I, you know, you have, and I remember we'll get into this later, because essentially Gareth Evans, he had this, he got the go-ahead for the Raid sequel, and he had this idea this whole thing about a, a guy who has to infiltrate a gangster and gets caught in a gang war. And then he tied it into characters from the raid. Maybe this would have benefited from being a completely separate movie. And you still have eco Oase and yeah, yeah. And it's just a whole, they're all different characters has that. Some of that shoehorning to the first movie, I think just slows it down. And, and adds no, no, I, I don't, length. I don't necessarily agree with that. Okay. Cause that, that what they're doing in the first movie is giving, Eco Uasis characters a motivation to do this. Sure. But that has nothing to do with them tying Procoso. Like, yeah, the Procoso. They're supposed thing, to be two different characters. Yeah. They're not trying to tie that to the movie. Because the, the all you movie. learn about him is that he you know, he wants to see his son. There's the whole thing with his son and the pendant, and then he is set up to be killed to 
further this gang war, but you didn't need the, any of that, really. Anyways, yeah, it, the, it was awful. The first fight with Percoso, and he fights, he's got a machete, and he fights this group of people. It's very interesting because for the, the whole time, he doesn't use the machete. He's fighting them with one hand until yeah, the that very was end. Cool. Yes, he's taking them all on with a machete in his hand. One arm free, never uses the machete, takes them all fucking out until the very end, stabs the dude. I'm going to be honest. I hated that they casted this guy so much that even though those fight scenes happened and I know I watched them, I have no memory of them. I choose to block you out. You made yourself forget them because you were just so insulted by it yes it's a it's very exactly it's a it's an insult to the audience's intelligence to well let guy. me remind you then the the, the the next immediate fight scene is the percoso in the nightclub where he's set up by uko and uh yeah. they chase him and he goes on the alley and they and the fucking assassin shows up and ends up killing him so they could have easily trimmed 15 minutes from this movie if they Absolutely just cut his scenes out coso. yep they called yeah. them coso okay so I, I do think it's a little indulgent then if if it's not necessary and it is insulting to the audience. I think that is, you could totally cut that. It, it, it had to have been this motherfucker's ego was like, no way. Am I choreographing all these fights? I'm not in it. In the movie. Come yeah. on. But, but, but you could think it could have been easy to make him look and act different. Okay. Yeah, here. Shave the fucking guy's head. Yes. He's like, I'm growing his beard no. for like six months. I'm not shaving it off. Slick your hair back. Something. I don't know. Shave it and go bald. But then this movie does something great. Which I loved was introduce new villains with crazy weapons. So we get introduced to Hammer Girl and Bat Boy, uh, who do a simultaneous hit. I think they're hitting the Japanese family all at different locations. So, yeah. uh, and holy shit. Oh my God. Great introduction. I love both of these characters. Bat Boy is great because he literally uses a baseball and a bat, and then he'll, he'll hit the baseball and he'll just be like, give me the ball. And then just fuck a motherfucker up. Why would you ever give him the ball? No, who's ever returning the ball? You know, <laughs> like, it's not going to work. He does it twice. He tries to get the ball back. Like, why are you even asking, bro? Uh, and then fucking the brutality. I've never seen anyone be so brutal with a pair of hammers. Just, a, yeah. just everyday claw hammers. Both sides, the claw side, the hammering side. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I thought that this was pretty brutal. And then I saw... When the night comes or night comes for us yes, or something like that. Yes, he, he goes and it's just, it's fucking way more gory than this. But this was the standard of goriness in fight in uh, action movies. This, she's on a train, right? Yeah, yeah she's on a train. For a while. Uh, comments. Yeah, I, I, I liked. I thought they were both brutal. the The only the only tiny tiny drawback I have is it it kind of takes the movie out of the reality that you're bringing this real reality because. Candidly, who's walking around with a baseball? I mean, it's a little gimmicky. And who's yes. walking around with two hammers? Yes, <laughs> like no Am- one, no one's really hammer girl and bad doing boy. that. Yeah, but but yeah. they're fucking cool fight scenes, and they use the stuff creatively. It's very like John, again, John Wick. It remind me every a lot of things remind me of John Wick. You know, copying all this, which is just quirky assassins with. Uh, so it's like Go Go Yabari from Kill Bill. Yes, and- yes, yes. Fuck, she's good with those fucking hammers. Okay. <laughs> Then uh, we get a quick ambush of Rama in the streets. And again, this movie is, is so great with locations. Every fight is in different locations. So many locations. This one starts in the taxi and he crashes it and moves into the restaurant. and He burns the dude's face on a grill. Uh, real qu- again, quick one, but very impactful. And you're like, Rama's got to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, that one I don't remember too much. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> then 
Then we are in like the final like 30, 40 minutes of this fucking movie are amazing, like all the way through, starting with the whole. Yeah, the, the final 30, 40 minutes, just to, just to preface, it was literally one after the other after the other. And I was going, how do they keep topping each Holy fight? Holy shit. And not only that, like the story picks up because you have Uko finally confronting his dad. And it's a pretty meaningful conversation, right? His dad is ashamed of him and Uko is ashamed of his dad for catering and and conceding to the Japanese uh, and fucking that dude Bejo shows up and Uko just shoots his dad in the head. I was like, oh shit. Oh shit. Holy fuck. And it's, I love even the little uh, detail of he couldn't watch. He turns his head away and then pulls the trigger. Uh, that's great. So then we also meet the other dude, Ika, who is on their gang, Bengung's gang. And earlier Ika has told Rama, he's like, you and I come from the same place. Uh, and we soon find out that Ika's kind of a good guy. He gets shot in the leg, right? Rama shows up. And then, holy shit, Rama does fight the assassin briefly. First semi-boss level fight, but gets beat really quick. He's captured, put in a car, and what proceeds is probably one of the most amazing car slash fight scenes. Yeah, that was the thing that stuck out to me after I saw this movie was this, was this car chase. Masterful. And, and fight in the car. Yes. I don't know. What do you want to talk about first? The fight in the car. Let's talk about the fighting in the car. Rama with two dudes next to him, two dudes in the front, uh, using parts of the car and just intense, close, close combat fighting. And it looks fucking real. Like, what would you, how would you, what would you do in this situation if you had to fight dudes in, in a car? Well, regardless of what you got to do, the way he shot it was so good. Like the way the camera moves in and out of the car. And uh, it's just you can follow the action very easily. Yeah. And then it go, gets into this car chase. And then all of a sudden the camera's all over the place, inside and outside the car. And you, you I just watched the clip of how they filmed it. Yes. Cameron showed me. Anthony, did you watch this clip? Yeah. 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 The, the, this is it's so inventive and amazing. And when I saw this shot, I was like, holy shit, did the camera just go in and out of the car while they're driving? And yes, in this thing. It's fucking amazing. You see, there's a guy uh, hanging outside a motor vehicle, pulls the camera out from Rama's car, and they drive over to Ika's car behind him, and he leans in, and in the behind-the-scenes thing, you see the, the seat. There's a dude dressed as a seat, the car seat. He's dressed as the car seat. Because he's in the shot. He's in the shot. Real quick, he grabs the camera, uh, focuses on Ika for a second, and then reaches over hands the camera out the window, there is a dude on the other side of the car lying down, strapped on a platform, who grabs the camera and continues filming. And they're going pretty fast. And I don't know how he didn't drop the fucking camera. I love, I I love the style of filming. That's insane. It's of so this style? Great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't just know if like, this was a style until they did this I mean, in the just movie. This, I don't know what you call this gorilla style. Like, now you hear the story of the guy who did Extraction, Sam Hargrave, sitting on the hood of the car doing it. He kind of oh, yeah. I mean, the, does the stuff dude like from this. Extraction yeah. definitely was, had to have been inspired by this. But what an amazing camera move, and uh, what a stunt. Oh, so good. Yeah, it's it's it pays off because you, I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah, quite like that before. It's an example of of putting in the work, right? Yeah, like y- y- most movies, especially movies with a budget, are going to CGI that, or they're going to not do the things they did in this. And this is an example of when you're seeing it on screen, it feels real because it's fucking actually happening. It's happening. They're driving and they're moving the camera through the car at high speeds. 
Oh, I love that shit. That shit was great. Also, you know, in the John Wick 4, they had that top-down scene. Mm -hmm. He does top-down in the car. Right. Where yes. the roof is removed. It was probably like a set thing, but it looks great. And it's such a, a great idea. I've never seen that either. Here's the other thing I loved. Again, the use of environments. You see Rama use pull on the guy's tie. He uses the seatbelt. He shoves the guy's hand through the head headrest, the little hole in the headrest to keep him immobile. Like the use of environmental things. And I just love when they're just picking up things and throwing things, whatever's around. Yeah. Top notch fight choreography, using the environment, being inventive. That's what you want to see because you can see someone punch somebody like a bunch of times and that gets boring. So you have to find a way to make it inventive, make it interesting and using your environment, something that Jackie Chan used to do all the time. Oh, yeah. And it's good that they're kind of carrying the torch on that and keeping it inventive. This is still all uh, Silat, right? That uh, Indonesian yes, martial arts. Still Silat. Yeah. Silat, yeah. Which it's it's known for using weapons and whatever you have around you, I believe. Uh, anyways, we find out that dude, Ika, knew Rama was a cop because he's an undercover cop, too, and he fucking dies, sacrifices. He saves his ass, though. It's great. And now you have a sequence of Rama fighting his way to the three bad guys, Bejo and Uko and Reza, the cop who's being bought and uh, corrupting other cops. Uh, and then you start, it starts in the warehouse. He crashes through the warehouse. He's, there's a warehouse level fight, takes all those fucking dudes out. Uh, and then we end up in the amazing red hallway. This one uh, is Bat Boy and Hammer Girl. And now it's Rama has to take down Bat Boy and Hammer Girl again. <laughs> fucking brutal. And he comments on this one. What do you remember? Memorable from this fight? He did, get, he did get beat up pretty bad. He gets beat uh, up bad this whole time, kind of. Yeah, he's like really taking damage. And, uh, but as soon as he kind of was able to get the hammers away from the girl and, and, uh, he always uses the enemy's weapon against them. And that's what I like. Uh, I think he bashes the bat boy in the face. It's like splits his head open. <laughs> it's so fucking violent. It's brutal. Yeah. It's like so gross, but like it's satisfying too because it is. Uh, give me the ball. Yeah. <laughs> well, you and notice the, get, the, 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 you see, like, the hammer girl has one eye missing. Yeah, what's the deal with the sunglasses? And is she deaf? Because he's, like, signing to her. Or she's her vision. I don't understand what the what was the oh, point of that. He kills her so brutally. <laughs> well, he, he rips her throat out with her own fucking claws, uh, right. the hammers. And then he embeds the fucking bat in the dude's head. Yeah. Because the guy just brutal. tips over and the bat is stuck in his mouth. I'm like, oh, motherfucker. Jesus Christ, it's so good. Yeah, it's it's not for the faint of heart. Exactly what I was going to say. Why? Yeah, you can't you can't just throw this on without giving a preface. And then there is one more thing we get at the end of the movie. That's pretty fucking insane. How they how uh, graphic it is. But well, and then we get to the final boss level fight. It is Rama versus the assassin. Bejo's assassin. And again, another really visually cool environment. Uh, it's a pristine, white, clean kitchen of a restaurant. I I, I I thought this was the best fight scene. Wow. I, you know, seen. and they, they start fighting, and you see in the background, there's like a glass room with bottles of champagne. I'm like, that shit's getting smashed. All this shit is getting <laughs> smashed, and indeed it does. What did you like about the Talk us through this fight, Anthony. It's relentless. It just, I just, it's just so... Well choreographed. You're right. It's it's in a very cute, very like nice setting with the kitchen, um, and it with the music. And you first you'd seen this guy beat Rama before, yep, yep. 
and you'd seen him kill the guy that I didn't want in the movie, but he kills him in the movie. And it just continues to escalate like more and more and more. And then they start bringing in the weapons and then the music really comes in. And it's just, it's just a, it's the epitome of just an epic, epic one-on-one fight scene. I even love in the beginning how uh, assassins kind of toying with them. They're kind of testing each other out mm-hmm. a little bit and then they just go full on. And yes, they're being using, throwing things, getting thrown against things, the different areas of the kitchen smashed through the glass. Rama's just, by the end, he, Rama's, I think he cut up like every part of this guy's body. Yes, and the guy kept thing. coming. He, he pulls yeah. out those razor, uh, crescent razor blade weapons, and Rama gets one, and he keeps slicing them up, and he keeps coming, and he has to rip his fucking throat out. He's ripping everybody's throat out with these weapons. Yeah, he's like Patrick Swayze. Yeah, he's doing the old roadhouse <laughs> from Swayze uh, technique. And then I just love when it ends. You see the shot. It pulls back, and it's just the white with the fucking blood and the dark body on the fucking floor. And it's just like what I beautiful. like about this fight scene is like as he's getting cut up and shit, he's leaving marks on shit that he's like being thrown up against these white walls. And also mm-hmm. there's like a big splatter behind him. Yeah. So they paid attention to that detail. And Absolutely. it makes it feel more real. I mean, so. th- this and especially in this one, but all of them. The, the and in the first one, the way the camera moves around the fight scene, how tight it is. Like again, if you're these people, you have to think about not falling into the cameraman, hitting the cameraman. All stuntmen have this; they get very close to the cameras. But the way this camera dances around them so perfectly. Well, they're cutting. They're cutting, they're cutting in and out. But of the- there's long takes of the fight as well, right? And you can. No, you can follow everything so clearly, and this yeah, fights that, have that's, a story. That's the beauty of it. Is even if with the cuts, it's you can just follow it so well. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that makes him different, uh, makes Gareth different, is that I feel like he's planning like like you would do a storyboard to a comic book or something like that, like every shot, and so he's he means to tell it this way. And that's why when you see it, it the story is in the fight. Yeah, right? yeah. Every fight has a story. So um, it it's not like an accidental. Oh, he came to it in the edit. Like no, this is like what he wanted to bring to the table. So just like in the first movie, he's doing it again here, and he's doing it a lot, a lot better in a lot of ways. Um, yes, yeah, it's a really really uh, great fight Everything- scene. Two just two guys. That's it. Yeah. yeah, two guys in a room, minimal weapons, just using their environment. I mean, I just like I, when I watch it, I wonder how many times they had to shoot it to yeah. take to get all these things. How much rehearsal, done. the rehearsals, and the yeah, just uh, unbelievable dedication to this, and it it comes across on screen. All right, so then we get to the end. Like that's the best final battle scene, but the the story ends in a in a kind of an interesting way. Um, Rama first Uko kills Reza and Bejo and he just turns on him and Rama's in there he kills well, his henchmen yeah Uko kills those guys because they, they were using him yeah they were they kind of manipulated him into killing his own dad oh right yes because he he offered up those dudes to kill that he said were from the prison but then they, right. he had the same tattoo so he just yep. like sacrificed his own people to do yeah, this he was yeah. doing that to just get the power that dude Bejo Bejo is fucking yeah he was a wild card you didn't know and so there's this three-way gang war. So anyways, they Uko takes care of them, and then Rama does finally kill Uko very close. So they kind of hug almost, and they have like this knowing look. It's very interesting. And then, and so, then he sh- blasts his face off. Uh, uh, no, yeah, no, that was, um, that was Uko to 
Bejo. Yes. He shoots him in the head. And blasts his face yeah, off. Blast that his was face pretty off. funny. Yeah. Although yeah. I watched that the second time I watched that, you can kind of see the the mat, the green screen and the effect because his body lurches, but the, the part where it exploded doesn't move. So there's a you know what I'm saying? The part that Oh really? Part I they, have to watch it again. Yeah, the part they masked in of the head exploding. Because it's like they don't cut away. That's the actor lying there as he shoots him in the head. Oh and, wow. And when he gets hit, he convulses. But the thing they composited on top, which is the head explosion, they didn't make that move. I don't know. I noticed that one thing. No, it's weird. weird. Yeah. But then Rama is all Rama is fucking done. This dude has been shot and stabbed and beat up and he's limping out of the warehouse and he gets to the bottom and the doors open and like the whole Japanese mafia is just standing there with fucking weapons. And I'm like, what? Oh, fuck. What? the oh, fuck? Thanks for nothing. But then a weird thing <laughs> happens. They have a conversation. And we don't hear it. We hear them talking to each other. And then the only thing we do hear, and as the movie ends, is Rama say, no, I'm done. Cut to black. What do you think happened there? I have a thought. Well, Go ahead. Well, I've, I've, like, to me, it came across as the mafia showed up. And he actually did them a favor, taking all these people out. I feel like the guy goes, that's very impressive. You're a fucking badass. I want, you want to work for us. And that's why he says, no, I'm done. That, that makes that, sense. That's your take? Yeah. What do you think happened, Anthony? Why did they do no, that? No, I'm saying, isn't yeah. that pretty obvious? Is that what ha- is that what you got to? Yeah. <laughs> isn't it? He, he's, he's worked. He already did this. He infiltrated. He's physically and mentally and emotionally exhausted. He just wants he's to been away his from family. his family yeah. since the beginning of the raid one, and he's done. And that guy, his handler was he's like, done pro- he's done probably even being a police officer. He's just done. Oh, this handler was like uh, getting, putting him in danger and kind of being incompetent in things by putting that yeah, wire I mean, on he, him. He, by doing this, I think he was the timing of the movies. He's been away from his family for a while now. Well, it, he was, kid. he was two years in prison before he gets right. out. He's in prison yeah, for yeah, two yeah. years. So yeah, the kids grown did up. You, did you catch the, uh, cameo the godzilla cameo no what all right well in the movie when they call the japanese guys the guy who answers the phone mm-hmm. was the was the leader of the x in final wars oh no kidding yeah that, <laughs> oh there's a godzilla cameo yeah wow. interesting i forgot what the guy's name was but he played the leader of the x in the, 80, uh, the in godzilla 84 no, in Final Wars. Oh, Final Wars. Sorry. Remember, yeah. like the head alien guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he that that actor. He, I think he was the guy that answered the phone. Um, um, if I'm if I'm wrong, please correct me. But I think I'm right. Oh. Uh, I I'll, I'll look it up. Let's see. <laughs> watch, watch. He's like completely off. Listen, like, oh, uh, shit, you know John, how Japanese guys look like. <laughs> You remember, you remember, uh, I thought Milo Ventimiglia was a, a Asian. <laughs> crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. Milo Ventimiglia, the star of Crazy Rich Asians, of course. Sure. Uh, there is, so that's the end of the movie, but there is a deleted scene I found on YouTube. Did you guys get a chance to watch this deleted scene? No, I didn't. It's, it's called Gang War. Uh, and it is kind of a, a dispensable. None of the main characters are in it. It's a quick, uh, couple minutes clip of. Oh, shit. Yes. I just put it on and it's. Yeah. There's a scene of this dude with his face half off crawling. Yeah, it's this this one gang going to see the other gang, and they open the door, and they're right there, and everybody gets shot, and cops get shot, and they kind of focus on this young kid who the gangster is talking to. It seems like it's his first day 
and he's never been in a gunfight and the kid almost makes it out and gets shot and dies and like that's the whole scene it's a good wow. scene in of, of itself outside of the movie like it's i'm right it's fucking okay. oh really good <laughs> yes he yes I, I was i was correct well done he's uh <laughs> Kazuki oh, Kitamura. It is a brutal scene. I'll put it in the show episode description. You guys can watch. Oh, the one, the 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 deleted scene. Yeah, the game war scene is great. Uh, uh, but like, yeah, it, they didn't need this in the movie. Nah, I mean, you could have taken out some of the Procoso thing and put this in, but whatever. It's the same. Nah, I don't think you need this. Scene, it didn't. It's but yeah. I, you mean that movie could have been two and a half hours it's long? A, it's a four and a half, four minute, four minute forty second scene. On its own, it's just an impressive fucking action scene of like a gang gang warfare, right? And it does tell a little story in four minutes. So, uh, let me ask you one thing: I love all the fighting and the action. What is with the? Uh, I always see Brahma like in between the fighting beats, like do this swirly kind of hand motion, uh, windmill kind of thing, uh, while he's waiting for like the next guy to step up and and fight. Is that like a style? I don't know. I kind of like it. It keeps it kinetic instead of just like standing there. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. about. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I, you didn't catch this. You both both talking about about it, it, go back and watch it in between. Like when, like when it's like a one at a time kind of fight scene, like he does this hand waving swirly thing when? Uh, to kind of reset during the fights in between like individual opponents. I totally caught that in the first one. I caught it in this one. It may yeah. just be eco Waste's style or the style of fighting. Or a thing used to just keep it more animated and dynamic uh, overall. Nobody else fucking noticed that? The fuck. <laughs> well, you saw it most recently, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember yeah, that. Don't. Okay. Anyway. I, know, I watched it the other day, but like I don't remember him doing that. He probably does do it. Imran pays a lot of attention to these things. I mean, I but, noticed uh, the fucking uh, Matt scene in the head explosion. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, so I, I'll trust you on yeah, that one. There, uh, there was rumors for a while that, uh, what's his name was working on a third one, but then he like moved out of Indonesia and went back to the UK and he has confirmed a third one is not happening. Well, he's working on that show, the yeah, British show. That, and he's he is working on yeah, a show. The Tom Hardy movie is coming out. It doesn't, not everything needs to be in threes. I, no, I think this is if, fine. If he's got a, if he's got a story that's worth telling, go for it. And he's got action scenes, but. Yeah, this is fine. It's good to go. I mean, Eco Wace is a great martial artist, but I don't think he's the most charismatic star. No, 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 not at all. So I feel like, um, but the fight choreography that Eco brings to the table, yeah, so believable, and all of the stuff that he brings to the table is so useful. But I don't, I, don't, I mean, yeah, I think he could probably find a uh, a more well rounded way to, to to expand on the stories because uh, otherwise you're going to have like a guy who doesn't talk much and just fights in every movie and you can do that with John Wick and everything because it's but you, can, you can't do it like we've gone four already and we're all like we all have the same criticism it's like there's no story and it's just all action if the, and it's all action so I don't know if um I think Gareth Evans has more to him than that. And I think that's in this Gangs of London thing. Yeah, he's he's so he, doing a little bit more. I got to watch this. He directs the first five episodes and he directs the action sequences in from 2020 Gangs of London. Where right. Tony Jaa and Enrico Uis both are amazing at hand-to-hand fight scenes. I'd say both of them lack some of the charisma that like a Jackie Chan or Bruce Lee or sure. Donnie yeah, have. Yeah. So I mean, you're you're yeah. right. I, they... they 
there's not not that those guys do a ton of other stuff, but there's you just can't do as much acting with those guys. They're they're more like a Jet Li. Yeah. yeah they're yeah. more like a guy that comes in can be like Jet Li is a great bad guy. Like in Lethal Weapon 4. Oh, yeah, he's great. He's fucking menacing and great and like he was just badass and um used used like to the fullest of his, his uh, extent of his abilities as well. So um yeah, it's hard to find a great lead uh actor like that has the same kind of DNA as Bruce Lee. I mean, like the guy um Tony Jaa, he does he he brings a little bit more fun to it, I think. Mhm. Then Eco, I think Eco's way more serious. Um, yeah, that's the only kind of character he can play. Yeah. I mean, that's why I buy him as this Rama. Like he's perfect. Oh, for sure, thing, right? Yeah. They, well, they they kind of craft the movies around his ability. Yeah, his acting ability and his fight ability. Yeah, to their strengths, and it works. Right. Yeah, they're not they're not asking the guy to play uh, Jack Nicholson's Joker. No, no. <laughs> All right, I think it's time to ask the big question. Give me a rating and talk to me about it compared to the rate. Better, worse? Where? Where? What is going on, Anthony? Oof, this is tough. Yeah, yeah. This would have been a perfect ten if they didn't have that fucking guy in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that they had that fucking guy in the movie that was in the raid, just like it's almost it's unforgivable. But it, it the movie's so good around him that I can't penalize it too much. So I'm gonna go nine out of ten. Oh, that's think, is, yeah. What did you give the first one? I thought you gave it. I the forgot same. already. I you gave it. I might a, have given it a not, lower score. I don't know. I don't remember. Um, as far as which nine. movie is better, yeah. The first one is a tighter film, although it looks like shit. The second one has a much bigger budget in comparison to the first. is a much be- more beautifully shot film. Yeah, is longer, has a better plot, but is longer and and could it has an unforgivable casting decision. Fuck. <laughs> it's so hard. That being said, mm. right, if you ask me right now, I kind of like this one better than the first one. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, But the shit. first one is is more iconic in terms of like people copying that. Right. Yeah. This one's so fucking good, too. <laughs> Maybe the first one. See, I, I go back and forth. I don't know. Because the, the first one doesn't do a stupid thing and cast the same guy in the second one. <laughs> Well, but they can't do that in the first one. I know, like, I, know I know, but you know that um, obviously gives it a leg up. All right, but yeah. That uh, right now the second one, but tomorrow maybe the first one. Okay, maybe in ten minutes I'll say the first <laughs> one. <laughs> the here's where I land. This is really hard. I did love, I loved everything about this movie. I love that it was bigger. It does give you more of what's in the first movie. The first one, though, I think I I appreciated the more focused kind of plot you know it's very straightforward in and out this one the plot maybe gets a little convoluted there's some unnecessary things uh but it has but the but the fact that he broke out of the other locations right away gives a lot of bonus bonus points to this movie because that car chase is amazing i will say okay here's what i'm gonna do i gave the raid i believe nine this one i'm gonna give it (laughs) 8.75 i think i the raid is slightly better because of that little bit of focusedness now i'm being inconsistent where because in john wick wise i think four i liked better than one because it got bigger and crazier and you see chad make these stunts bigger and get better at them and you do see gareth evans get better at this directing 
But I even like the grittiness and the shitty look of the first one. It's just like this gritty fucking movie yeah. uh, that's just dirty and brutal and just straightforward. So that's what I'm going to do. I like Raid Redemption a little bit better. This one, 8.5. Rugs, where do you land? I feel like the first Raid does so many great things that even though the second movie is great, that the first movie hit a lot of the same notes. And so you leave me with the story being more expansive, the locations being more expansive, and that car chase scene. Yeah. Like, pretty much everything else is comparable, right? Uh, and maybe the prison scene that's a little bit more open and uh, has, like, another elemental uh, difference with the mud and everything in yeah, the rain. So you got these two things that uh, stand out apart from the first one because i mean the kitchen fight you know kitchen fight fight in a room that that at the end with both of them yeah, they're both yeah. fights in a room well and there's hallway but, fight scenes right in both movies. you know they had they had a uh hallway fights in hallway so they did them all yeah uh raid two adds the action sequences like in the car um yeah the environments the mud and then you get this inventive kind of the Bat Boy and Hammer Girl scene. So um you do get some new. Yeah. Which is good. It's it's good. I, I would probably have to tie it or take it one step down from the raid because okay. the reason why is the raid did so much with so little. And this one had more money. And I, I think the raid still the first one still gives this one a run for its money. Yeah. Um yeah. as enjoy as an enjoyability and and being an you know originality, so I I kind of would either tie them or put this one a step down. So I think I gave it a a nine or something. I'm gonna go eight point five. I'll take it a step down. Man, I still one. I still feel like it would have been great to see a separate movie with Eco and Yaya and the same story, and you leave all that stuff out. I think it would have been a tighter story. Eco and who? Uh, Yaya Ruyan, Mad Dog, but like completely different characters. Same basic story. Wait, what are you at? What are you con- what are you saying? I'm saying you, you want sh- those two actors in a raid movie? No, they should have done this movie in a in a movie that that has nothing like to do with Like he clearly the raid. wanted to use Eco and then they had to use Yaya again. You do the same story but you make it different characters and just a whole new story about an undercover cop having to infiltrate the gang. And that way it doesn't bother you that a fucking mad dog is back and he's not dead. Yeah, I mean there is something to be said about like a whole separate uh, film. Wait, you're saying that you want the same actors playing different characters and call it the Raid 2? See, that's the yeah, thing. That I, doesn't I don't make know any if you sense. call it what the are you Raid saying? 2, so you can't. <laughs> because that's what I feel is the weakest part of the second one is him. No, you don't. You just don't do. You just don't cast the same guy. Don't cast the Ruyan guy. Yeah. You don't, don't, cast, you don't cast the same guys. You don't <laughs> use the same guys to play different roles. Yeah. You don't fix it by making Eko Yuis play someone other than Rama. You yeah. just. What, no, they, yeah. I think you just need to make a different movie. Or just make a different <laughs> At movie. that point, it's a different movie. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's not the raid. Dude. I get why <laughs> you want, he wants to use the same actors, but yeah, whatever. It's, it's still... I, the, guy, the guy had... like He must have been giving the guy like kudos. Like, hey, you've done two movies where the, the choreography is so fucking amazing that I want you in the second or one, he, too. But, yeah, he put it in the contract or negotiated. Right? Know, who been, knows? Yeah, but it, been a it's a horrible, 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 horrible decision. <laughs> Mad Dog. They could have gotten around it so many different ways, and they just didn't. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's 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 one of the worst decisions in, in the history of film. Like, I don't see... You don't see any sequels where they do that. 
Like if they, mm. if he came in mm. and he had Good point. Ta- tattoos all over his face, yeah, and like he was wearing like a red fucking outfit, yep, that looked yeah. really different, or like a red suit, yeah. like a, like a really stitched up suit, yeah, or some like something that would make him completely a different character At than the other one. Try to make him look different, yeah. <laughs> try. I mean, they did this. Marvel did this, right? So Gemma Chan is in Eternals. Oh yeah. She's in Captain Marvel, but yeah. in Captain Marvel, she's playing a Cree with a green face. Yeah, so, so you don't like know you, that you it's never the same notice. fucking person. Yeah, yeah. See the- yeah. What if he was wearing war paint on his face? You can never you know. Yeah, you had to just, oh, it's just why, why, why make him look the same? Or it could, it could have been like a Kabuki, like assassin who wears makeup or something, you know, like that. If yeah. you're going Hammer Girl and Bat Boy, just go. Yeah, you could have made him like a guy who's dressed as a ninja. Yeah, or something. Yeah, it could have been a ninja. It could absolutely have been to just cover his face. You never know. Imran, he's dressed as a I, shredder. I, I said this in the first time we reviewed the raid, but I'll say it again. Do you uh, remember in, in John Wick 3 that he fights both of these guys? Uh, Rhea the, yes, and uh, the assassin? Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. And the assassin guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He fights both of them in that glass room. Yes. They're kicking each other through glass all there, the time. He, yes. There's a lot of glass. That's breaking. a memorable scene, yeah. too. That's yeah. great, too. That's, yeah. <laughs> he's so much, he gets thrown through so much grass. Glass. Grass. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I love this whole thing about your lead guy, right? You put him through the ringer. This is, and you, at the end, you're just like, I just need you to just rest, Brody. I feel I'm yeah, exhausted. That, that's, that's a great, you, you, at, by the end, you feel as tired you feel as you feel it. Yeah. yeah. And Keanu does a lot of his stunts. They, they achieve the same thing. Stahelski's fucking great, man. Like, he, clearly has studied the, the raids and brought it like there, there's another level of when you can not only the director but when you know that the fucking actor is in the goddamn scene yep. and he's doing yep. that shit yep. whether it be whether it be keanu or eco uase mm-hmm. or even fucking tom cruise he's mm-hmm. not doing the, like it's not the intense hand-hand comic but like no, the but guy the guy's on the fucking plane. That guy's yeah. jumping off the damn, yep. you know, jumping out of the plane. <laughs> That's him riding the bike like over you, the it, cliff. It's real because he's actually fucking doing it. It makes a huge difference. Like you just, and you don't get that right. feeling from like the Fast and Furious movies, right? You just not like, all the time, uh, right? Because you know that those cars yeah. are CGI, yeah. or you know, like you know that that's not really happening. Yeah. You ever guys watch so. that on Collider? The stuntmen react. They have a yeah. Oh, all the time. it's so good. They're, I've seen some of those. Yeah. yeah, those are really good. They talked about John Wick. They talked about the raid. Uh, and they have the stunt guys there. You're talking about Corridor Crew, Corridor, not, Collider. not Collider. Corridor Crew. Yeah, they're really good. Check those out. Okay, good stuff. Great fucking action movie. It's going to go far in the tournament, probably. I think we would all agree. Uh, should definitely make a good it's run. It's definitely a classic, instant classic. Yeah. All 100%. right. 100%. Let's do some news from the nation. <laughs> It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. (laughs) It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. All right. Speaking about action movies and new action movies, Jamie Robinson, Mr. Throwback Thursday from the Mr. Throwback Thursday podcast, posted this in our Facebook group, Jockin' Nerd Nation. It's a quick review. Of a new movie, he said, just saw Sisu at Regal's Monday Mystery Movie, and here's my review. It's John Wick, but with Nazis. Enjoy. I meant to bring this up earlier because I believe I saw this trailer in front of John Wick 4, and I was like, holy shit, what is this movie? This is a fucking crazy trailer about this old Norwegian dude just stabbing Nazis in the head and fucking blowing them up. And yeah, it looks like a fucking very John Wick violent action movie. 
Uh, Anthony, you see this? What What's your take on this? It looks like uh, Inglorious Bastards, yeah. but with John Wick style. Yes. Filming. Yes, Tarantino means John Wick a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it looks like that. Oh, it it looks, looks good. Seems like a fun time. I'm going to watch it when I when it's available. So I mean, the trailer is cut so well. There's an amazingly jarring moment you just don't see coming. Like they have this guy down on his knees and it's Nazis and they're just laughing and making fun of him. And he literally just turns around and shoves a machete, a knife, a Bowie knife. Who directed this? Through the guy's head. And I reacted viscerally. That's a good question. Let's find out. I remember watching this in the theater. I was like, oh, my God. What the fuck? Like, I was not expecting knife through the head in the trailer. This guy's name is Jalmari Helander, right, written and directed uh, by. Maybe uh, this is the next. Um, he's, this is a finish. Movie to come this out is, of nowhere. This, uh, yeah. The next action. Oh, movie okay, so like. somebody we have never heard of. Yeah, before. just like uh, the raids was the Indonesian action movie uh, landscape. This guy's from Finland. Is there a Finnish action movie scene? I don't know about. Maybe. Don't know a lot of. Uh, they, they might be coming soon. Four percent on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it looks uh, pretty fucking great. I almost only an hour to... and a half. Wow. See, good runtime. Nice toy. Uh, and there's like there's a shot in this trailer where he's like Wonder Woman, right? In that no man's land scene, he's holding up a shield and they're shooting at him. And then, uh, uh, and then a great scene at the end where the guy's like, he buried all the mines here, and the Nazis like, you and you go out there. And those fucking two guys just get blown. You see his leg go flying. Holy shit, this looks great. And the kills in this thing, <laughs> look, it looks great. So Jamie Robinson liked it. I think we have the same taste as him. It's a positive review. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yes, check it out. As soon as it comes on streaming, it just came out in the theaters uh, at the end of it. There's a lot of these John Wick movies. Like, there's a. Yeah. You had Atomic Blonde come out, and then Nobody. you had this other one, Nobody. Then you had uh, Kate that was on Netflix with uh, uh, yeah. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of these John Wick John movies. John Wick, a la out. The Raid, just like another version, another evolution Ooh. of it. Yeah, you're just yeah. seeing the evolution of the genre. Yeah. I mean, you can connect all the dots straight through all these movies. I'm down for it. Yeah, it's cool. Okay, let's end with some what are we watching? Who's got something? Who wants to go first? Oh, I got I got I got uh two that I watched. Uh one was on a whim, I saw that YouTube has it for free. The eighties classic, No Retreat, No Surrender, starring JCVD as the bad guy. Get out of here. It's free on YouTube. That's right. Some asshole put it on YouTube. <laughs> that happened in the Anyhow. Super Mario Brothers movie. Did you see that on Twitter? And, the whole movie uploaded oh, on Twitter. Really? Yeah. And uh, the sound quality is not the greatest on it, but <laughs> there's two cuts of this movie, and both cuts are terrible. Um, <laughs> this movie is uh, so bad that it's great. Okay. It's almost like the room with karate in it. Get the fuck out. That's a great. It is, dude. Amron, you. It's a great description. I, I, I defy you to watch me this movie watch this. and not do your own like uh, commentary, running commentary oh track. Okay. I actually want to do that. This movie's so we bad. We should do I, it, Rod. So we should record it. 1985. No retreat, no yeah. surrender. Okay. So, uh, quick, quick uh, synopsis. It is basically like they rolled every movie, like they rolled Rocky Four. Karate Kid and some other movie all together in one. Basically, this kid, his father owns a dojo. The mafia, 
wants the JoJo, the dojo because it's a, they want to use it as a front for some reason. And okay. they never explain why. Okay. And the dad says no. So, uh, his dad gets fucked up and he decides to like pack up and move out of California. And he goes to Seattle, which is for some reason where they end up going and so happens to be the same place that Bruce Lee is buried. Uh huh. And this boy is obsessed. He's a karate freak. He's obsessed with Bruce Lee. And even though karate and kung fu are two different things, uh, whatever, <laughs> there's no correlation. <laughs> Anyhow, um, so he, just like Danny from fucking Karate Kid, ends up uh, being on the wrong side of a karate gang. And he prays to the soul of Bruce Lee. And guess what? Bruce Lee visits him. The ghost of Bruce what? Lee visits him and trains him. What? What? No. To, to no. Fight. Is that really what happens? Yeah. This is exactly no. what happens. And oh. it's so bad. It's so terrible. There's a fat kid that always has food on his face. And well, who does there's Van a Dan girl. Play, then? Uh, he's the bad guy. He's the big bad Russian oh, that he has guy. to beat for some reason that makes no sense whatsoever. Um, and uh, it's, it's fucking unbelievable. There must be some bad. great training montages. In this. And listen, if you it's free on YouTube. If you want to just watch a really terrible movie and just laugh and it's just the, 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 the right, everything is bad. They're, they're supposed to be in Seattle and there's palm trees. It's like, it's got it all. Wait, it's got it here's all. The, here's the main question. The most important question. Does Van Damme do the splits in this movie? He does it all. Okay. He does it all. And that I approve uh, the main character, um, has a girlfriend that just they never announce until they need a girlfriend to be there. And it's all, all of a sudden, it's amazing. There's like, it feels like there's like at least four major scenes missing from this movie. <laughs> That's awesome. And it's just, oh, it's, we should do it. It's what great. the fuck happened to this movie? This sounds amazing. I remember watching it as a kid and like, it never came on again. Like it never came on. And I never saw it. I'm like, no retreat, no surrender. Whatever happened to that movie? And I, oh, I know what happened. And there's break dancing in it. There was stereotypical characters of all uh, that would never be allowed. Now it is beyond you got it. It's, it, you, it's so terrible. It's so bad. You have to watch. Wonderful. Um, so, and then I, uh, to kind of get myself out of that, I had to watch something good. Okay. And, um, I, I, on our, uh, we're doing this tournament and, uh, uh, John Bellotti had commented that he watched the movie, wasn't really enthused about it, and I was like, so surprised by that. I I made myself watch it again because Which I was movie like, is this? Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation. Oh, Rogue Nation! It's in the tournament. Yeah, so I was like, oh, was I remembering this f- movie wrong? Because I remember coming out of the theater going, that shit was fucking crazy. Tom Cruise was doing all of his own stunts, and he's a maniac. And so I watched it again, and uh, I had a good time. <laughs> I remember it being a very good movie too. This is the one. Oh yeah, where he has to hold his he holds his breath for six minutes for that underwater bomb. Disarming. Oh, he holds on to the side of a plane as it takes oh, off. Oh yeah, that's that he's one. On a too. motorcycle, he's hanging like, on the fucking doing this crazy motorcycle sequence. Yeah, he's doing all of his own stunts and that shit, dude. When he fucking he fucking climbs up the fucking side of the pipe and like vaults off of it <laughs> when he's breaking out of the fucking. Thing that was pretty badass, and and the girl is hot in that movie. She's great. She's great. I, I I'll piggyback show. off that. Are those the two things you watched? Yes. So I watched three things in prep for the action movie tournament that we have coming up. 
One of them being also because of John Bellotti's prompt, <laughs> Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Had you seen, you uh, not seen this one, right? I had not seen it okay. before. Okay, um, okay. I personally like Fallout better. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, all the stuff Ruggs mentioned and the fact that it's Tom Cruise hanging off that plane and doing doing a motorcycle chase where he's basically like three inches off the ground going like 100 miles oh, an hour. Oh, yeah, that one's good too. I mean, it's... I can see where Bilotti's going in that, like, it, it is a bit more of an involved plot. Um, it's a very spy. It's kind of similar to Mission Impossible 1. Uh-huh. That there's a lot of these twists and turns and spy type stuff. So I can see if you're lo- expecting a balls-to-walls action movie, it's not that. But uh, I definitely didn't fall asleep watching. I thought it <laughs> <laughs> well, this <laughs> is the, the first uh, Christopher McQuarrie Mission it Impossible is, yes. where we have uh, Simon Pegg I, and Bing Rhames. I felt it was... I thought it was nicely balanced with like it had some humor in there. That was Baldwin. Funny. Yeah. It was, it, yeah. you know, and, but the bad guy was kind of like always a couple of steps ahead of, mm-hmm. uh, Tom Cruise and really making him having to like think about how he's going to fucking beat this guy. And, uh, there were some surprises when I'm like, Oh, I'm like, why are you doing that? I'm like, Oh, that's why he's doing it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I couldn't quite like anticipate when I remember it, when I was watching the movie, I couldn't anticipate everything. Like they got me a couple of times, and I like that. So Rebe- they certainly got me. Too. Yeah, that's hard for a movie to do. But uh, uh, Rebecca Ferguson is the girl. Yeah, uh, great. She's great. Yeah. She's and great. Then, I mean, and what's great about her is it's she can kick ass. Yeah, she's not drop, drop, drop dead gorgeous. Like I wouldn't rate her a ten, but, but she's she, very attractive. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then they and add Vanessa, the role, Kirk- and then you don't really know she's pulling doing the whole thing that they do in a lot of movies, but yeah. done well. Where. You don't know what side she's yep, on. Yep. And you're questioning the whole thing the entire time. Jeremy Renner's in this one, too. I forgot about her. He is, yeah. Jeremy Renner's. Before the accident, Jeremy. And fucking, and fucking, uh, what's his name? Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin, yeah, as like the head of the thing. Head of the CIA. Uh, yeah, no, I love this because it starts this chain of Rogue Nation fallout now into Dead Reckoning 1 and 2. Like, it's this com- kind of continuing story. And McQuarrie and fucking Tom Cruise are a fantastic combination. He should only 100%. make movies with fucking Christopher McQuarrie. Or Joseph Kaczynski. Oh, Kaczynski, yeah, who did Maverick. He's also good. Like, those two, that'd be great. I would love to so, see Kaczynski do, like, a Marvel movie, or maybe even McQuarrie do a Marvel movie. I wonder if I they know. do. I think they got too much. They do have like, a lot. They got too much uh, yeah. creative freedom yeah. doing them. Okay, what else did you watch? Yeah. Uh, okay, so to prep for the tournament, and spoiler alert for the tourney, I'm now only watching movies in the tourney. Okay. Um, I did Rambo. Oh shit! Oh, that is what is that Rambo? Ram- which six? is Rambo four, four, four. What's just called Rambo? Yeah. And uh, I've not seen that. It, one. That's a fucking brutal movie too. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so dark. <laughs> it's a it's dark, 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 dark. Like it's. I mean, it, it, there's there's children getting shot. There's women <laughs> getting raped. There's babies being thrown into fire. There's I mean, it is just a brutal, brutal, brutal fucking movie, but it makes when he fucking kills everyone so fulfilling at the end. Uh, not yeah. the best acted movie, not the best cut movie, but um, a pretty good return to form for the Rambo series. So, Stallone you could almost forgive the wig. You could almost. <laughs> Stallone wrote He's got perfect black hair in that movie. He wrote and directed that one. He did. He did. Yeah, yeah. interesting. He, you can tell that uh, the writing and directing aren't like best in terms of some of the dialogue and the way he cuts stuff, but... Um, 
he took he mean he fucking swung for the fences with that one because it is unlike any Rambo movie. I'm looking forward to watching it. It's it's a memorable film. Yeah, I remember it. Like once you watch that movie, you're like, you don't forget like he's on that fucking thing and he's unloading with the heavy caliber shit that when he's doing that. I mean, it's almost like stand up and cheer because you'd seen everyone get mowed down before on that thing. Right. Yeah, it's fucking. I mean, it's it's good. Uh, Very, very solid edition. I'm sure Ruggs was happy that we got Stallone now in three decades of worth of tournaments. That's right, um, but it was worth. It's 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 a worthy pick for sure. Okay. I think it's it's good. Uh, the next one I watched is also a rugs pushed movie that I enjoyed, and that is the transport. Ah. And um, it's a good time. It's also pretty good. That's a good time. It's more closer to a nineties eighties movie. Mm. Uh, the plot is just so cockamamie; it makes no fucking sense. But uh, you definitely see Statham's abilities. Like, there's a lot. Of, there's some fight scenes where he's clearly doing the action, and you also get him in a scene where he gets oiled up shirtless. <laughs> yeah, up that, a, that's a, worth the price of admission. <laughs> that always gives it points. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then there's a very good-looking Chinese girl in the movie that just bangs him for no reason. Oh, uh, there's a reason. <laughs> she just wants to. She just wants to have sex with him. Yeah. So it's it's a fun it's a fun movie. Uh, it's uh yeah. it's turn off your brain type fun. I know I've yeah. watched this. I don't remember any of it, so I'm gonna have to rewatch it. But oh, we, I can't wait to watch. We it We were again. just talking about this guy, Louis Leterrier, uh, directed. Yeah, and that's right. Luke Besson wrote this Luke fucking Besson, movie. It's crazy. Yeah, wrote, yeah, yeah. I do remember this is the one where he deflects like a RPG with a fucking silver platter or something ridiculous. Yes, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> something like that. Uh, I, there, I'm gonna watch it again. It's a it's a it's a it's it's a fun movie. It has kind of like that Hong Kong type stuff ah, going on ah, too. Interesting, but um. Yeah, it's it's uh, it it's so of its time. Yeah. If if not like a little past. Well, it was two thousand two, early two thousands, right? So the nineties yeah. still bleeding in. Yeah, uh, but but it, it's good. It's good. I, I actually like it more than uh, the other movie we have in there, which is Crank. Oh, fuck! I, I I know I've seen this. I cannot remember this. So this will be fun to watch again. Yeah, Transport is a fun movie because his character is great. Like he's mm-hmm. a fucking driver. He's all serious, uh-huh. and he's Super like super serious. It, and then he has this girl in the in the trunk, and it just and the assholes trying to get every at every turn, and he's kind of kicked their and he just kind of like calmly kicks their asses, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. also great. Uh, the, the opening scene where, where, where what Ruggs is mentioning how serious he is is he's driver. He always needs to know the weight, like where it's going, and he'll never look at the package. Well, well, he has all these strict rules. So in the beginning of the movie, he's doing. He's involved in a bank heist, and four guys get in the car, and he's like, "You guys said three guys," <laughs> and he just he's just sitting there the whole time as the cops are closing in. He's like, "It's you have you have the the rules were three guys. I need two hundred and twenty kilos. Adding a fourth guy is going to mess up the suspension when we're going downhill." He's like, "I'm not driving." So then the dude. One of the dudes just shoots another dude in the head that just was in the robbery, kicks him out of the car. He's like, okay, now we can go. <laughs> and that's just how the movie fucking nice. starts. Nice. Good setup. He's got his rules. He's yeah. got his rules. Yeah, follow the and rules. Then, but then the, the movie falls apart for him because he breaks some of his own rules and that's yeah. the Chinese girl comes in. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Wow. You're going to be. And would you watch anything, Imran? Uh, yeah. I watched one thing because Ruggs, I remember several weeks ago, you called me out for not being up all on, on all the Indian representation on the screen. That's right. Imran. Specifically, this new show on Amazon called Citadel starring Priyanka Chopra Jonas. She had to put the Jonas on the end of that fucking thing. Just go Priyanka Chopra. Uh, <laughs> who's she's smoking hot, by the way. 
Uh, and Richard Madden is in this. Uh, Stanley Tucci also in this. The first two episodes are out on Amazon Prime. This is a $300 million TV show, first of all. Oh, shit. That was the budget. Lots of money. How many episodes? Well, there's uh, there maybe like eight or ten. They're coming out every week. There's only two out, and essentially the story is there's this spy agency called Citadel that's like higher than the CIA and everything, and uh, and they actually run everything. And they're the the villain spy agency called Manticore has completely uh, killed everybody who works for Citadel. There's a big train crash scene in the first episode. People's memories are wiped, and we pick up eight years later where Richard Madden and Priyanka Chopra's character were together. They were spies, but both of their memories have been wiped, and Stanley Tucci comes looking for them, and there's a case with liquid that'll give you back your memories, and he's got to go and find this case and save Citadel, and blah, blah, blah. And you know what? For $300 million, it's just okay. it was just okay. I don't know. It's very cliche. It didn't uh, wow so you. So far in the two episodes, it's like... And the Russo brothers have produced this. Like, it's all right. It has the potential to get better, but I just didn't see anything, like, new, really. First episode should fucking nail it, like, rope you in. There is, I mean, there is a crazy scene on the train, and some of the drama is compelling in the beginning, but it gets very convoluted very quickly, and a lot of MacGuffins, and... I've heard about uh, this show, too. I don't know. She's, but Priyanka Chopra is great to watch. So I may, I may <laughs> still watch because she's kind of badass in this. I will admit that some of the got her doing some fight choreography. Uh, and she's fucking brutal. Uh, and yeah, so that's your basic, uh, spy. Uh, it's a spy oh, show glad that you watched it. But three, I mean, $300 million. Holy shit. That's like yeah, what Lord of, they spent on Lord of the Rings. What are they going to give me? So. I keep watching it. It may hopefully it gets better. But that was it. I haven't watched any more action movies because uh, I was watching the raid too. It was long. <laughs> it's very long. <laughs> I I did the math and I have I think sixteen or seventeen oh, that shit. I have to watch. Oh, so boy. I'm trying to knock out two or three. You got to do at least two a day. That, no, I don't know. No, <laughs> See, like I'm an asshole yeah. and I'll just get distracted by no retreat, no surrender, yes. and watch that's that. That's not even in the tournament. It's the wrong, <laughs> it's not de- in the tournament. wrong decade. I watch I watch Expendables too. That's not in the tournament. Not in the tournament. What are you it wasn't doing? Even in the '80s tournament, that fucking movie. Well, I think I've seen all of these movies anyway, but like I should refresh myself. Everybody go to, like, refresh give yourself. Everybody a fair shake. Yes, slap some. No, it's been. I will say the last couple. Two weeks or so that I've been watching these have been fun yeah. uh, to watch all these different ones. It, it the thing is like when you watch these and then you watch um you watch something like The Raid or John Wick, it really you have to almost kind of change the way you think about the movies when you watch some of the older stuff, just because yeah. they set the bar so high yeah. that you have to kind of transport yourself back to okay, I didn't ever see The Raid or I didn't ever see John Wick. I can watch. Something like Rambo or Transport or not expect that. I mean, but even watching newer stuff, it kind of ruins newer things because you're the the bar they set is like you're like this is what you're gonna do. Oh yeah. Well, it's right. kind of like what the Wachowskis did. They like took all this stuff from like all these other influences, yeah, put yeah. it in their movie, and it took a while for some other movie to like rise above the Matrix. Yeah. And and uh, and now we're we're levels and levels above that now. So that's crazy. It's a good time for the action movie genre. All right, that's it for this week, everybody. Rugs, where can the listener find you online? You can find me on Twitter at ReallyRugBoy. Come follow, come retweet. 
All those links to things are in the episode description of this episode and on our website, jockandnerd.com slash 484. If you're looking for any episode links, just type in the number of the episode and it will take you there. Most importantly, though, listeners, share this show with your action movie fan buddies uh, and watch the raid. And thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the nerd. We'll beep you next time. Yes, I see that you know your judo well. Oh, he does. Jockin' nerd!